This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Marvel gives us all Geek Boner as they release a Phase 4 sizzle reel featuring our first look at the Eternals movie. Miss Marvel caught on set in costume. Guy Gardner is cast for the Green Lantern series for HBO Max and the MonsterVerse lives on. Plus, our review of the first season of Invincible on Amazon and a whole bunch more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. This is Jason Mewes and for reasons best left between you and your therapist, you're listening to... The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Snooch to the nooch. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. What's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And joining us is a dude who's, well, he's not quite invincible. He is incorrigible. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Hi, how's it going? Good earth to you. Good earth. I got no response for this. I got nothing. I'm sorry. I used a couple of five syllable words at the top there. I'm sorry if people's heads are. I'm hurting. irascible. I don't know. You're irascible. You, when do you come up with? Do you come up with these on the spot? Oh, or do you just th- write like it down? twenty minutes ago. I'm like, what the fuck's going on this week? What are we talking about? Is there a meme? This is a dumb joke. I'm gonna use it. Oh shit! Perfect. I, I, I see. I see. Well, it's like, listen. He throws them at me. I swing and I miss. Usually. Every time. So, no, so. sometimes you got good. Uh, sometimes you connect it and they go flying out of the park and that's always magical. It's like running a late night talk show. You got to write a bunch of jokes for the monologue. Uh, they're not all going to work. What are you going to do? It's a gamble. It's a gamble. At least you're taking swings there, Imran. I'm swinging at something. I got a bunch of steel clubs now I'm swinging around. Uh, for exercise, but that's beside Wait, the point. Steel clubs? Wait, yeah, what? Steel you clubs. went from a mace to steel clubs? I, I've done mace, kettlebell, and now steel clubs. Yes. Wait, this is a thing? Like like yeah, golf yeah. clubs? What are you doing? No, no, they're tiny little, they're like, uh, <laughs> like what are they, eight-inch clubs that come in different weights? And Oh, you just stick them up your ass. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah you, they're, oh, they're, these <laughs> little fuckers. These like bowling pin things. Yes, they're bowling pin things, and they are tapered, so Rugboy's uh, suggestion would actually work. Uh, but I'm doing a durability program, and then I'm going to do like a steel club with a heavier club. So I got uh, like, what's the probability that Imran ends up being like Kumail Nujani? No, I'm trying to get like- the Kumail body. No, <laughs> oh, I'm trying shit. to get like. Yeah. Do you finish every workout by trying to juggle these things? No, are these you kidding? Like, I would break these my look toes. like things you would juggle. No, no, you do not want to juggle these things unless you're really good because they're heavy. You don't want to light them on fire. What, like three pounds? That's pretty no. heavy for you, right? No, I'm going to get tw- I got 20 <laughs> pounds. I'm going to get 20, 15, 20 pound clubs. I have a five pound club that I'm doing this durability thing. Okay. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. It's good for mobility and, and stuff. And I got muscles somewhere. I don't know. They're coming in. <laughs> yeah, they're coming in? Yes. You got to get him around some H- HGH. We, I, we should. We need a progress picture for you, Imran. I have lost. I've managed to lose and keep off like 15 to 17 pounds. Oh, wow. Shit. wow. Since starting all this bullshit a year ago. So I feel is good. Your, is your belt still around Oh, it's under line. my nipples. Yes. The belt line. Does, <laughs> right, this is genetic. this is the equalizer. This yeah. is for, all fat guys have to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
If you look down, yeah. can you see your dick? I can now. <laughs> All right. And that is exactly how I check my progress, Rugs. Oh, shit. All fat guys know this. This is how you check your process. You look down. Can you see your ding dong? It's How much better. can you see? Can you I see can, your pubes? No, no, I can see a lot of it. That's, <laughs> listen, my problem is I lose fat less like on my torso. Like everywhere else, I got like muscle legs now and like shoulder. But like on my torso, I'm top heavy. That's the last place the fat leaves, and it's so fucking stubborn. It's a piece of shit body, and I'm you know cursed with a Pakistani nor torso fucking top here. So that's what I got to work with: bad jeans. <laughs> the fuck. Anyways, what are we I, here for? I remember skinny. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting back to that. No, I feel really good right now. Honestly, your head like, looks really big when you're skinny. I feel like I'm like, in like probably like the best shape I've been in in a while. I feel mobile and uh, even loose. when you were doing CrossFit, you're better in shape than that. Uh, maybe not that quite that. Maybe not completely. But for right now, for this age, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to go crazy CrossFit. I'm the best. Part. I'm in the best shape of my life at this year. At this now. age, at this age of my life. Yes. Of my life. Absolutely. Oh, Isn't shit. that a thing? Come on. Can I at least have that? Just I just was trying to get specific here. All right, you bastards. Let's get to some geeky stuff. Enough about my exercise. It's just so funny to talk about. (laughs) I'm glad you're interested and invested. And uh, if anybody needs any tips on proper posture and movement, I can help you out. Uh, Look, a lot of crazy shit today. A lot of great MCU geek boner boner stuff came out. Marvel released a video today that you can kind of call a phase four sizzle reel containing New logos, new titles for movies coming. Our first look at the fucking Eternals. And it all started, the first half of this thing started with an emotional kind of call of a uh, celebrating the movies with a Stan Lee voiceover in a moment in the theater. And this thing gave me fucking goosebumps. Geek boner. It gave me the feels. What did you guys think? Let's talk about the first half of this thing, the setup to Marvel Studios celebrates the movies. Anthony. You know, we give them shit about their... uh their posters. Yeah. But whoever's on their editing team does a really good job when they're like doing, going back to old footage and like, um, you know, editing that to, to inspire or to Mm -hmm. make you excited. I remember they did something for end game where they recap the last 10 years of films to, to hype up that film. So they always do a good job and this one was no different. And I liked the, uh, adding in the audience reaction because, you know, Oh my God, that gives me chills every time watching that. Yeah, you know, like we haven't been in the theaters like that in a while. So to, to jar that memory back for people that did get to see that very movie smart. in the theater was very smart. Yeah, Get lost in a story. To, this is where we go to escape. Uh, Rugs, what did you think of the first half? Did it get you? Did it get you, Teary? Yeah, hearing Stan the Man. Right. I don't know where they pulled that fucking clip from. Right, but that's a good point. Where did they get that like from? He was, it, was a, it was like a very like uh, on-brand, you know, Disney trying to be a unifier, you know, kind of thing, like getting the whole family involved. We're all brothers and sisters in this. It's definitely war. not this, this Stanley. The fuck's going on here? That's not, no, that's not where it came from. I like that Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fantastic. He thought exactly. it was fantastic. That's my kind of Stan. Oh, my God. That <laughs> scene. Right. That's I, the kind of guy that rips people off and makes lots of money. That's what I like. <laughs> yes, there you go. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, the moment where Peter's hugging Tony and the, the scene in the theater and the clips of all the movies, fucking fantastic. And then in this it's a little bit over three minutes, they give you a lot. Uh, they give you new footage of Black Widow, which is coming out in July. 
a uh, couple of crazy new clips here look great. What did you guys think of that? Anything notable here that you saw? I mean, we all know what to expect. I mean, I don't know about you, Anthony. Yeah, no, I mean, we kind of have a good idea of what's going to what what the movie is and I mean, it's nice to see some new footage. Yeah. It's also, you know, we've also been bombarded with Black Widow for about a year, two years now, so Still 2 uh, months that, away. I have no complaints. I'm just saying, well, you know, it's not the first thing I'm I'm super pumped about. Because I've just seen so much of it right now. True. And then we get some quick clips from Shang-Chi. And we also have some new footage of some some action. It's Shang-Chi, by the way. Shang-Chi and Simu Lu. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Simu. He he wrote it phonetically on Twitter. Yes. And that helps a lot. Thank you. Shang-Chi. Simu. I knew it was Simu Lu. Uh, That was was Geek Boner. And then it just gets better. As they reveal first footage of the fucking Eternals from Oscar award-winning director Chloe Zhao, Oscar award-winning movie Nomadland, and you—it's this. This got me excited. Geek boner. You definitely see Chloe Zhao's style, the stuff she shot in Nomadland in these quick scenes of these landscapes. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised. I'd read somewhere maybe prior to this. I think it was prior to this that she had requested if she was going to do Eternals that she would be able to film a lot of stuff on location. She wanted to do practical effects mostly. Yeah. Yes. And, and this, some of the backgrounds here definitely look straight out of Nomadland, which right? is very nice to see. And not exactly what I, I wasn't, you know, this movie is supposedly a, a space kind of thing, or I thought it was like a Jack Kirby crazy space this thing. And Jack Kirby's it looks Eternals. very grounded in, in real world sets and stuff yeah. so that was a little bit surprising it looks great it looks beautiful I, I you know we only got a little taste of it but it looks looks beautifully shot rugs what'd you think of this little taste you get to see i like, I like <laughs> it's not, I'm not but you're not i'm not impressed by kumail at all <laughs> I um, understand, i'm more they, impressed they, by uh i know that's i know it's big for you but they like featured uh, him in the quick shot they didn't have yes. to show just kumail, no, he's, but he, they fucking he, did he's in he's in a couple of shots there yeah, yeah. but like um uh, the the shot that I think is the most impressive is the one on the beach. Yeah, where it's it's in it's in silhouette. It's beautiful, it's perfectly exposed. Great composition. You have atmospheric perspective. The composition of the sun coming through. Fucking air. And it, th- th- that's all in camera. That's really nice. Um, I think it's undersaturated. But anyway, um, <laughs> well, all their movies son are undersaturated. Right? But um, and yeah, and I feel the same way about the one in the woods. It's a little undersaturated. Yeah. But yeah. but if it, if it's all that's all natural exposure, and that's the way she got it in camera, fucking awesome. Yeah, and then everything else that I've, I mean, there's you get to see Angelina Jolie and her crazy oh, sword. She looks fucking great too, as Thena and her cosmic sword see through. You also yeah. get Salma Hayek on a horse, which like yep. looks straight out of Nomad. It as totally well. does. Yeah, uh, and I mean Marvel kind of stumbled. Not you know, I think they they knew that Chloe Zhao was a good director. They obviously didn't think she was going to win. They probably didn't know she was going to win Best Picture. So Marvel kind of stumbled into something pretty awesome in that, like a lot of people. I saw this on John Campia's show, and I agree. A lot of movie f- fans are probably like, you know, what's this next thing that the yep. the best director or her, the people uh, you yep. know is going to do? And she's yep. already made another movie. And they kind of just stumbled into that marketing right there. One of the things though, that I heard and I was just like, what? I don't really agree with that. I'm like, yeah, we're looking at these shots because it's the first stuff that we've seen. Yeah. And it looks fine. But there is people going like, Marvel's never going to look the same. This is so different. This would never see this in another Marvel movie. I'm like, you're fucking it's hyperbole right there. Because <laughs> it, these shots are nice and they're in camera and that's all you can really say about them. They're like, not like that you'd never see a shot. Like, 
I could see this shot in in uh, this wood shot in any X Men movie. Like mm. it looks like a shot out of any X Men. Well, it's in the forest. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, oh my god, I've never seen a shot like this before. But no, the, get but, out of here with that. I do agree. I have a sense that this is going to be a very different Marvel movie. These all these landscape shots are very open. They're very these open giant shots, which are are I, different. I feel like that it's hyperbole. I feel like yes, there's going to be open shots. It's going to be a certain sensibility to it. I think so, but I think it's going to be, it's not going to be this giant leap that everyone's talking about. It's going to be a, a kind of like a little step in another direction, but not this crazy like leap where like, well, I don't know. You can argue that she is like a very auteur visionary director. Like, I think this is going to be a special movie. I think it's going to unex- be unexpectedly like really special. I don't know. You like to believe the hype. So <laughs> I, I think there's two really, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also a Marvel boy, um, so, so take, take that for what you were. Yeah. Um, but I think part of the – I agree that's a little bit of hyperbole. I have seen some stuff where people are already predicting Eternals will be the first best picture winner Could for it? Marvel. Oh, shit. Oh, I, I don't shit. know about that. I mean, we'll fucking see. That. We haven't even seen the movie. Yeah. I think where a lot of the excitement comes in, though, is a lot of like the past Marvel stuff – Especially like Wakanda, like Wakanda looked good, yeah. But that, like that's not on location. Right. A lot of the stuff they do is not on location. Yep. There's a lot of green screen. So I think just seeing that from Marvel is different. Not that you know that's not any different from other movies, but it's different from Marvel. And I think the pedigree of Chloe Zhao and having seen yeah. what she did in Nomadland, you're like, oh, like did they really let her do her thing from Nomadland and just translate it to Marvel? Looks that's like exciting. it. That's why I think it's going to be different and uh, very yeah. unique. As I said, I said that earlier. I said it's, it's in camera and that's why it's interesting. Yep. But how much can you do in camera? Like in a Marvel movie? Like you, you, At some point you're going to need powers and effects and some unreal shit and then you're going to get kind of pushed back into that same corner no well, this the story of the eternals also includes like cosmic space gods and a race of monster people and all this crazy shit that we're gonna they we're gonna see eventually so, yeah so you can't do it all on camera no they're no. showing us like the human side of uh these characters i mean other than this so- the shot of the sword it kind of looked like it was from uh like there will be blood or something. Yeah, like, like a Coen Brothers movie or some yeah, other like, like weird oh, epic like, movie. Like, Absolutely. Like I was. I looked, that's why I was surprised. I was like, this is not at all. I was expecting just because I, I thought Eternals was a space thing. I was. Just, I just wasn't expecting shots in on the yeah. Earth like. I that. mean, it probably starts with a flashback. The, apparently, the story will span thousands, if not millions, of years, and kind of like the whole scope of man and the Celestials and the Eternals and the Deviants, who are the beginning of uh, reality. Uh, this article, Kevin Feige, it's kind of funny. He said he saw this footage and he was like, oh my God, that's right out of the camera. There's no visual effects work to this at all. He was shocked to actually see like a real sunset. He's probably seen so much green screen bullshit. Everything is fake. And he's like, wow, that's an amazing effect. And she's like, no, that's a sunset, Kevin. I just shot the sunset. So I, thought that's I can funny. only think of one Marvel movie that's had a sunset. Yeah. I think that was Black Panther when he was talking to yeah. Killmonger yes, at the end, and I'm the end, yeah. almost positive that was a VFX Oh my god, shot, that's yeah. all fake. There's a lot of fake stuff. Uh, and then he also said in this article something interesting that Cersei, played by Gemma Chan, is in fact going to be kind of the lead in this ensemble and not Icarus as it is in the comics. It's going to be Cersei. Which one is Icarus? Uh, Icarus is uh, Richard Madden, is, John, okay. is the other Stark, Rob Stark. Cersei is also the one who has a relationship with uh, John Snow playing the Black Knight, Kit Harrington. 
Who's the bad guy in this? So that's a good question. I think the bad guys are going to be deviants, the deviants that we have not met. I kind of feel like the story. So apparently I watched this video. Apparently Neil Gaiman did an Eternals run and it's very good and I might want to read it. And in that one, the Eternals have kind of they've disbanded coming to Earth and they've kind of forgotten who they are. And then a celestial just shows up on the planet and he's asleep and he's just standing there and they all kind of have to come back together and remember that they're Eternals and stop the celestial or something. So it looks like they're all split up on the planet living lives and something has to pull them together and we see them together in the forest. I'll read the premise. This is from Wikipedia. After an unexpected tragedy following the events of Avengers Ed Game, the Eternals, an immortal alien race created by the Celestials who have secretly lived on Earth for over 7,000 years, reunite to protect humanity from their evil counterparts, the The Deviants. Deviants. So it is. The Deviants are going to be the... And the Deviants are like a race of monster people. I'm really curious to see what they're going to look like. Isn't Thanos part Deviant? Thanos is a Deviant, yes. So he comes from the race of those. Purple people? Yeah. They're purple, but they're all... In the comics, they're all different... Uh, kind of monster. Purple butt-chinned people. <laughs> yes, monsters and scrawls. Wrinkly So chin. did this, uh, this kind of added a little bit geek boner to my excitement to this movie, even though they really didn't show us, you know, a lot. They just showed us pretty shots. What is, yeah, I, just, I just know that it exists now. Yes, so it's, it's actually nice. a thing. It's coming out in November. I mean, uh, this year. Then they went into showing uh, the, the remaining movies coming out by Marvel. So they show you. Only, only Marvel can get you hyped about Movie with just title cards, right? <laughs> um, unbelievable. Oh, title cards, Spider-Man, No Way Home, December this year. We're getting four movies this year. Uh, and then they show Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And the big thing is Black Panther 2 has a name. It is now called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Geek boner. Thoughts on this? I think it's fucking perfect. Yeah, I think it's a good title. <laughs> I mean, the, clearly the the... You know, Chadwick's gone. I think this will be a pretty emotional movie. So putting up Wakanda forever, maybe the movie's about like who takes on the mantle. I think that's what they're going to they're going to deal with uh, how to go forward and what Wakanda does in tribute. They're not recasting him. So no. I'm glad that is coming out. That's July 2022nd. And then there's a title card that says the Marvels. Oh, shit. this is the new title. Of the sequel to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel 2, they have removed her name because it will be uh, Iman Vellani's Miss Marvel joining Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, and possibly Monica Rambeau. No, she's in it too. Oh, as Photon. So it's a bunch of cosmic people. Thoughts on this? This is interesting. And the word, the name, the Marvels, means so many different things. Wasn't it like a series with Alex Ross that came out? It is Marvels? a Kurt Busiek, Alex Ross series about the yeah. whole entire history of the, the Marvel universe told by a, a photographer, a reporter. It is also the name of the Shazam family, the Marvel yeah, family. Not, that has nothing to do <laughs> that with it. That has nothing to do with it. So what do you guys think of the, uh, that, that uh, Captain Marvel gets her name kind of stripped and it's not about her, which I don't know. I'm okay with the Marvels. I think uh, that's probably a good idea. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, um <laughs> I uh, understand that uh, Miss Marvel is going to have different powers and stuff, and so they're going to change her uh, origin a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out on the big screen in a movie because we're going to be seeing it on TV, and I wonder uh, we're going to really get to see her let it rip in, in, in the movie. So. The Marvels coming out November eleventh, twenty twenty two. Then they give us the date. Wait, I, I got yeah. I got a quick thought. Yes, I agree with Rug. <laughs> I feel like Brie Larson. You know she's. Won an Academy Award, yeah, 
but her cachet right now is like a little. I don't know. I just get the feeling that she's not as shaky. It's shaky. Hot as she was before. Mm-hmm. Not in like physically attractive, but just like cachet yep, yep, yep. Uh, name right now. Yep. So I think it is kind of smart. I didn't really particularly care for her performance in the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so less of I her will be better with other people maybe, at it. You know? And maybe, you know, maybe Iman Vellani kills it in her show. I think overall, Photon, who is a Captain Marvel in the comics, did reasonably well. Everyone was like, oh, this was like a, a decent character. Yeah. So. I like the Captain Marvel from the well, Infinity we'll War and Endgame from the Russo Brothers movies. That's a cool Captain. She was Marvel. barely in it, but yeah, yeah they used her well though. Maybe and maybe they bring back uh, Marvel. Yes, that was the other speculation. Was uh, Annette Bening? Did she die? Was she still alive at the end? I forget what happens. That was kind of confusing. And then there's really Jude, Jude Law's Jan Rog. Remember, he was or is he Marvel? Or there's all that going on. So. Hmm. Uh, but it's not the Shazam movie, so don't get that confused. I mean, am I pumped about this? Not really, but like, yeah, um, at least. Yuck. But adding the two, uh, you know, Miss Marvel and Photon, it makes it a little bit better. Yes, like, I feel yes. like I'm a little bit more easy on it. I, I'm excited to see it with uh, Miss Marvel with Iman Vellani after her show. Uh, so then they show you Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum and that is coming out February. 17th, 2023, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has a date, May 5th, 2023. And then there's the Fantastic Four logo for a brief second. No date, just it lighting up, meaning here's what we're doing next. That was fucking sick that they threw that in there. After all this, we may see Fantastic Four next. And then another quick shot from Sanchi. It also kind of lines up, right? Like this is phase four, so they end it with the four yeah oh yeah oh shit oh shit i like it all and then it ends with see you at the movies and you know what we're getting four marvel movies still this year four marvel movies next year and they got dates for two more movies black widow may be the movie that gets me to fucking go back into the movie theater i i really like it kind of this got me hyped up to experience a moment that they showed like that in endgame again I kind of, I may, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go do it. That may be my first movie back. Yeah, I might go to see that in theaters. But then I like yeah. being able to watch it at home multiple times before we review it. So I have that. We have that too. So it's all good. Geek boner. I mean, yeah. I mean, I want to see it in the theater. I would probably watch it at home a bunch of times. I'm excited about it. But are they gonna make you pay for it? Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. I'd rather if I'm gonna pay for it. Maybe I'll go see it in the theater. This video, though, I think it was very uh, successful in doing what it wanted to do. It worked on me. I was like, fuck, I'm going to go see Black Widow in the fucking theater. Oh, shit. Because of this. <laughs> this is amazing. I need to get back to this. So good for that. Not only am I paying for Disney Plus, but I'm going to And I will pay more. him 30 bucks again to watch it at I'll home. I'll save 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Actually, you'll save money. Yeah. You're right. No, but I'm going to end up paying for it again so we can watch it over and over. Well, we, maybe we decide you that know. we don't. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It's all. It's going oh, well, to be probably to go into the movie theater. Also, yeah. I, I feel like, what does this say anything about their strategy moving forward? You don't see them that saying, they're literally saying, this is where we come to hang out, see you at the movies. The, the day and date Disney premiere may not be around they may not do it do you think they were saying get that yeah, kind of i, I, I kind of got that vibe right. that they were like we're gonna try to usher back movies like this is a, a thing yeah. the the shared movie experience is is still something we hold dear and although we're doing day and date i don't think it's like i'm um, just black widow 
yeah, I don't think it's like a, they're long in their long term plans, but who knows what the world will look like. So I mean, I think Marvel can be the one to really bring the cinema back huge. It's slowly coming back. Uh, Godzilla brought Godzilla it back. started it. Mortal Kombat, <laughs> kind of a little bit, but mostly Godzilla. But then if you follow that up with two months, I don't know what's coming out, but a big Marvel, the first Marvel movie in over two years. Oh, shit. Come on. This is going to be the one that's going to be like the first movie to make $500 million in a post-pandemic. Probably. Uh, listener, let us know. Did you get excited? What are your thoughts? Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. It is an exclusive closed group just for you and us. Everyone's in there. You get to meet other listeners. Welcome this week, Joshua Michael and Scott McHatty. Ah, uh, welcome, lad. Welcome. He's a good lad, that Scott McHatty. <laughs> Have you seen the sea monster? He ate my ice cream. Ah, uh, moving on. Here's another story that came out today. I thought was very interesting. Kevin Feige, another article confirmed, revealed in Rolling Stone that Benedict Cumberpatch was almost supposed to appear. As Doctor Strange in WandaVision. Oh, I knew it. I think we all knew it. This is one of those things where, like, this is weird. Uh, they had struck a deal for him to appear in the last episode as Doctor Strange. But late in the process, they decided not to do it because they didn't want to take away any agency from Wanda. Which makes sense. His quote is, we didn't want the end of the show to be commoditized to go to the next movie. Here's the white guy. Let me show you how his power works. Oh, shit. Uh, and he revealed that the commercials were going to be messages from fucking Doctor Strange to Wanda. I said that oh, shit. shit. I know I said it. I was like, I think he's trying to get in <laughs> touch with her. And there was also talk of having come patch up here in one of the ads as well. The head oh. writer said, thoughts on this? I knew it. Things are missing. I'm glad we got coverage. Well, we said that when we reviewed it. There's something going on that they didn't they didn't do. But honestly, Anthony, I'm back. glad that they, he didn't show up because I do think he he was right. It was the right decision at the last second. Yeah, I don't. I don't personally. I mean, it would have been cool in the moment. I think either way, I would have been happy. I would have been happy if he showed up. Yeah, I understand why he didn't show up, and I'm happy that way too. Like, if it's they wanted to make it Wanda's show. That's fine with me. If he would have shown up, I probably would have been like, "That was awesome too." So I feel like if you write it, care. if I feel like if you write it that way, then it's bad. But like, you don't have to write it like Doctor Strange comes in and saves the day. Correct. He's just trying to help. You could write it in a way that's still super geek boner and geek cool boner. and adds yeah. to it, but doesn't take away from her. I feel like that's like thing. some kind of weird justification. Yeah, that's weird, but whatever. But I knew something was up with those commercials when they just fucking didn't explain them, and uh, those are her parents, or I don't know. Something. At least it connected that. That's yeah. been keeping me up at night. Uh, another thing revealed on another Disney show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the showrunner Malcolm Spellman in a recent podcast did confirm there was a cut plot line from the season. Oh, shit. There's a lost arc, but it was not about a virus or pandemic related. He's also been told to stop talking about this because they probably want to use it somewhere down the line again another thing we all noticed and felt shit was missing yeah like the main story <laughs> where, where is the main through line of this fucking thing like, whatever that was so bad that they need to use it as a plot for another movie like oh we need to have something that snap related that we can fucking exploit i wonder what it was oh it'd be nice to have it uh in this but i guess it uh they're using it for something else. Oh, they want to do. Seems, seems like both of these shows, and I'm curious if Loki will have the same same 
it would all have, all have affected Loki the same way. But it seems like both of these shows were in some way, either directly or indirectly, affected by COVID, and it changed a lot of the story or what was being filmed, and so made them rejigger a lot of things. They, the, the, there's a new documentary episode of Assembled on Disney Plus, like they did with WandaVision. They released the one about WandaVision. They released the one about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I did watch it, and it does explain a lot of things. Uh, there's some wild shit in there. It does talk about how they were they had they were in Prague and they were shooting, and then they had to leave very quickly. And they, mm. they had to come back. The that the truck scene that's in Germany on the trucks. We're talking about how nothing is like real in Marvel. That whole thing is entirely composited visual effects put together. They shot that I in Atlanta. Uh, Madripoor was in Atlanta, but they talked about the the opening scene in the first episode and how they did shoot the actual wingsuit guys, and that was like one of the hardest things to shoot. And so was the truck scene. Very fascinating, but he did say it, it, the pandemic did screw up a lot of things, and they had to uh, fix it. And then this is what they did. So I would, I'd, I would recommend that. It's a very interesting uh, one-hour documentary episode. I think they'll get better. I think yes, Marvel, I do too. First off, I, I like both shows overall. I think they're two for two in terms of just entertaining me and not being complete bust. Yeah. But again, I, I maybe I'm sounding like I'm defending Marvel, but. They haven't really done TV like this, at least the Marvel Studios with Kevin Feige. So I think they'll learn from these and, and hopefully they'll get better and, and the shows will end up becoming maybe not Loki. Like we may not see the effect of what they've learned in Loki, but I think eventually you'll start to see. Oh, I think you might see it. I think, you might, I think every show you're going to see a little bit of correction. I mean, look at what they gave us in while all this pandemic shit was happening and they had to flip whole series releases. It's fucking amazing with all that bullshit. And I really do think I agree. Each one, hopefully they're learning and tightens up and gets a little bit better. I mean, there is a kind of a discrepancy. You feel like that um, th- that the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier T-Files or whatever yeah. needed an extra two episodes at least. Or at least mm-hmm. one yeah. more. Yes, and WandaVision was probably too long before the first three episodes, you know, that necessary. And it's a good point. They could have. It should have been flipped almost. So maybe they. Uh, hopefully they'll get it. Um, they're. They're they're close. So yeah. At least they're that's good. That's they're a good close. sign. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're very close. They're very close. It's going to get better. And Loki is another six. The, I, I respect the. I don't think they've completely figured out how to coalesce everything into like a coherent show where everything like it's streamlined and everything is like firing on all cylinders. But I do respect like. For instance, WandaVision, they, they, it's a show about grief, tr- you know, within a sitcom reality. And then this one, like a lot of the, the race stuff and a lot of the, the questions that they were bringing up about, like, you know, what it means to be a black yeah. Captain America yeah. and all that. Like, these are like things that they don't really bring up often in movies. Yeah. And they're, so they're like spreading their wings a bit. And like, I like that they're taking a little bit of risk, um, but they just haven't figured out for either show how to make it like perfect yet. Not perfect, but like at least. Um, something that like coalesces into oh this all this is like they fired on all cylinders they hit every note. Well, the shows that do it well that do it do, in a seasonal episodic format, every episode has great arcs, and we're gonna talk about a show that does this. Like just compare it to Invincible. Every episode has its arc and three arcs, three uh three part story, beginning, middle, end. But then the whole thing also has a three act structure. So th- it needs to be written this way, and it's really hard. And I think they haven't completely nailed that yet with both of the series they've put up. So 
That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. But at least they yeah. have their their mind in the right spot yeah. in that, like, let's try stuff. Right, yeah. Let's be this a little is, bit more it experimental. It is very new to do, coming from movies to do television properly. So, so far, though. Well, I'm just saying, like, the themes that they're yeah. going after. Um, speaking of Miss Marvel, we have set photos. Is that you? From, it's me. I Miss Marvel. <laughs> just Jared captured me on set in the Miss Marvel cosplaying as Miss Marvel. That's not really Iman Vellani. Uh, but of course, it's Imran Vanilla. It's it, Vanilla Imran. That's right. Yeah. 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 Imran Vanilla. You motherfucker. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, look, we know set photos are never the most flattering. Imran Vanilla. That's got to be my new MC karaoke hip hop name. Yo, MC Vanilla Imran in the house. What's up, mofos? I'm about to do Brass Monkey from the Beastie Boys. Imran Vellani and Imran Vanilla. It's so puspada. Oh, shit. This, this, look, what was I saying? <laughs> Set photos, not the most flattering, but this suit is comics accurate. I give it a Geek boner. Give it two thumbs up. What do you guys think of these photos? It's slimming. Um, um, what can I say? It's shaping me mean, on my body. Yeah, it hides I mean, the, my man boots. I mean, it looks fine. I feel like that she's the boots, the, the shoes don't quite work. Well, she's got like, like Converse shoes on in these. But shots. I think that's something to do with she wears them in the comics. Oh, right? that's so, right. Yeah, okay. So, so I mean, it's comics accurate. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it looks fine to me. I mean, it doesn't look. We've seen, you know, these these candid right. photos. They're never the people, best. They're never the yeah. best. But this one looks fine. It's, it's comic accurate. Doesn't look silly. The domino mask doesn't look completely silly no, on, on her. I still think she looks a little bit. I feel young. like the scarf needs to be fatter. That's all I think. Oh right, the scarf is usually long and flowy in the back, and maybe like a CG scarf. They may do a thing where yeah, all I think so. are CG. Mm. Um, I just feel like she still looks a little bit young. Like, not, I don't know. Maybe she still looks 15. I guess. Wasn't she supposed to be like 15? 15, 16. Does she, I guess she looks 16. What does I she look to you? I don't in know. There? Like younger. Like, I don't know. 13. Does she look 12? What, 13? <laughs> I have like no 13? idea. But we're used to like older people playing 16 year olds. Maybe that's the issue. And the, the, this is actually a 16 year old. And that's what they really look like. Which, if that's the case, phenomenal. Good. Way to be real. Right. Uh, it's, but it's, well, she's older than that in real life, though. So okay, yeah, she's actually thirty nine years old. I think. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. She's like Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah she looks amazing for her age. So I, don't know. Yeah. I, I was alluding to this the other day. She, she's. I've heard that she's got different powers. Oh yes, yeah. she, and, okay. and that bracelet that she has on gives her her powers oh. like the Green Lantern. Oh, she has a bracelet on one hand, not on the other hand. So she's going to be not doing stretchy stuff because oh. they already have. Stretchy people. Oh, they have Mrs. Incredible. They have, um, you know, Fant- Mr. Fantastic and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, they don't need another fucking stretchy person. So they're going to kind of do the thing where she can stretch, but it's like going to be energy based. So I like see the Green Lantern. You know what's interesting? What Marvel's doing here, and this ties into Eternals. And they're erasing. They're trying to get away from the Inhumans, obviously, in the cinematic universe, because the Inhumans are similar to the Eternals, but the Inhumans created by the Kree to kind of fight everyone else but they were also on marvel tv and they had a really bad show and it wasn't agents of shield the worst fucking show i've ever seen i couldn't watch all of it and she miss marvel in the comics is an inhuman she had the genes and the terrigen mist made her miss marvel now they're gonna have to change all this for the maybe MCU. i mean i heard this from grace randolph and she said that it's it's accurate but uh, she's gotten stuff wrong but then Makes on the sense. other hand she's had she's had people f- on the show, like recently, like so, makes sense um, to me though that they would veer away from that, and then yeah. Marvel does it in the comics as a kind of primer. 
Yeah, I mean she I mean she just she's legit. She just had Robert Kirkman on. Wow, really? So yeah, to talk about Invincible. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I'm like, maybe she does know people in the industry. I don't know. So. All right. Good for Grace Randolph. She does so. get the scoop. Uh, uh, let's not leave out another sh- Marvel show that uh, has costumes. Uh, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner. There is a, a behind-the-scenes picture he posted on his Instagram. Him with actress Alakwa Cox. Alakwa Cox? Alakwa? Alakwa? I don't know how to say it. I like your Cox. Alakwa Cox. She's playing Echo, and we see he's in fucking purple. Is this the first time Hawkeye has been in purple in the MCU? He's been in like uh, slightly purple, but never yeah. like full purple. This is very purple, so that's kind of that's kind of geek boner. Geek boner. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it seems like these shows are really trying to embrace the comic look, or right? at least get somewhere close without looking too silly. I don't, I don't necessarily. I'm not the biggest fan of the purple, yeah. But it, you know, whatever. It's from the Overall, comics. Overall, I feel like the MCU is getting more comics accurate. What they did, they gave us the Scarlet Witch and White Vision. I can't wait to see what they do with Moon Knight. Are they going to give us all Falcon white? Falcon was comic yeah. accurate. Cap- Captain New Captain I, is America. Is this a good thing? Do you like this? Rugs are becoming more comic accurate. I mean, look, I, the the idea is when you got people that can fly around, yeah. and then you know it's it's becoming a thing. You know, and fashion gets involved. Of course, there's going to be fucking costumes there's going to be costumes that look crazy that are not practical that are more like uh, garish and outlandish and flamboyant and i think that that's the natural progression when you get into stuff like that but look, look at what people are wearing today yeah. on the red carpet and stuff like that's that. that's a good so, point it's already fucking so, crazy costumes so i think that once you get to a point of high profile you're a high profile hero then you're going to get some tailor that's going to come and go i'm going to yeah I'm going to make you this crazy or, or, or some company's going to start making like Under Armour and shit for you. <laughs> so, um, you know, like Under Armour sponsors Hawkeye's new suit, <laughs> you know, or some yeah, bullshit yeah, like yeah. that. Or yeah, like yeah, Kanye, yeah. he's like, yo man, I want to make you a suit and then you look like you're homeless. Okay. Anyway. So yeah. So like the costumes being crazy, it's, that's what it should be. Where's the headgear? I want to see the fucking yes, Hawkeye headgear. With the fucking pointy eye <laughs> oh, mask shit. and shit. Yeah, give me that. Give me that's like Wolverine's eye mask with purple. I mean, they waited so long to give Scarlet Witch this fucking dope costume. Same with him. I will say, you guys, we were talking about last week, uh, Mackie's comics accurate Captain America costume and how you guys weren't fans and how I Lobby even thought John. it was a little bulky in that documentary. They talk about how they had to after and post touch up, touch the fuck up that costume. So uh, where around his neck. So it was bad from the get go. There's no. So there's <laughs> apparently there's no material that will stick to your body like that, that they can use around his neck. When he would turn his head, there were, the thing would fold and they, it would stick out and there would be a big gap. They went in, touched all that out. They touched out Velcro that was holding it together, smoothed out the seams in post, but they showed what it looked like and then they showed how they fixed it and they just made it form around his head. This is where all the fucking $250 million went to fix this costume that doesn't work in real life. But... The, there's nothing like that that works in real life. Like you can't do that. Well, you got to make it out of rubber, and it's got to have like an under thing o- underneath it, and you can do it, but you just have to do like it the right. Cowl, there's not, there's that cowl wouldn't be work. I think that you can do it. Anything can be done. So that and costume designers, even Martin Marvel has the greatest ones. I think that on this particular show, yeah, I didn't really like the costumes. I mean, so. Andy Park does a lot of great designs, and there's that other dude. I can't remember his name, but. I don't know. It's good. That's that was crazy that they touched up all everything 
every time you see Captain America and Sam and they test it up. Uh, <laughs> anyways, moving on, some DC news. This Greg Berlanti Green Lantern Corps HBO Max series that they told us is happening is actually fucking happening oh, because they have cast a dude named Finn Wittrock as Guy Gardner in this show that's actually going to come out on HBO Max. I'm kind of surprised because you know how they're following He's Guy is. Gardner? He is Guy Gardner. I'm not fa- That guy's Guy yes. Gardner? Yes. I am not familiar oh. with Finn Wittrock. I don't know who he is. He comes from American Horror Story and uh, uh, he was in Unbroken. He comes from the Ryan Murphy TV universe, which is the American Horror Story and the American Crime Story series. He was in the big short that's, I don't know. Guy Gardner traditionally describe Guy Gardner. He's a ex military douchebag with red hair who's fucking fantastic. One of my favorite. I, I feel like he reminds me of how. Uh, uh, what's what's the guy's name in Cobra Kai? Oh, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. I feel like he's Johnny. He would be. Like he's just 80s machismo. Oh, my God. He would be Johnny in Cobra Kai. I, yeah. He's, I always. I always imagined him being played by Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's, a, <laughs> he's an asshole. He's cocky. He doesn't listen to anybody. But and what's funny is, why did the ring who looks for people with good wills, strong wills, and uh, sometimes you have a good will and he's still an asshole? I guess. Mm, mm. There's a there's a I forget what comic it is, but there's one where Guy Gardner is like mouthing off and Batman just slaps him <laughs> in the fucking face. Shut the fuck up. I, I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Guy Gardner gets punched a lot by his friends because he's just a <laughs> jerk. And he's so great. I can't Geek wait. Boner. So the synopsis of the show, it says Green Lantern reinvents the classic DC property through a story spanning decades and galaxies beginning on Earth in 1941 with the very first Lantern, secretly gay FBI agent Alan Scott. Oh, shit. And 1984 with cocky alpha male Guy Gardner and half-alien Brie Jarta. They'll be joined by a multitude of other Lanterns from comic book favorites to never-before-seen heroes. This is the show we're getting. It's fucking crazy. I'm down. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. I don't know how it all fits, like if it's part of what movie-verse it's part of or anything. I am a little like skeptical because Green Lantern, even more so than some of the stuff we've seen in Marvel, is super FX heavy. It's so all effects. I'm interested to see how much they're gonna they're gonna spend on this and what it's gonna look like. But they need to spend a lot of money because you can make a sprawling space cop epic fucking television show with these characters. Rugs, do you have faith in Berlanti making something for HBO Max? Which means it could be more adult, and it, you know it won't be held back by. I mean, like, Ratings. essentially, like, it, you're doing Star Trek with action, basically. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, the draw of Green Lantern, especially when it's not set on Earth, is you're, you're seeing, like, them go and patrol these alien worlds, and you're seeing, like, alien culture, alien things, and part of it is in all of the creativity of like these aliens and, and their whole lifestyle. And that's what was great about star Trek. You could you use aliens as an allegory to kind of tell the story. So that's all cool stuff, but you got to do it with effects, right? So yeah. it, that is, it's a budgetary thing. And if it looks like cheese, I mean, I might still check it out cause it's, <laughs> but I mean, is it going to like change the way I see uh green lantern or, is it going to be up to the par of Marvel stuff or like the Mandalorian? We'll see. If it's anything like, you know, the the, the Titans and uh, Doom Patrol and uh, Swamp Thing, that those have seem to have a bigger budget. But they got to see the money that Marvel's throwing at these shows and be like, look, we can't fucking 
cheap out on this one. You got multiple lanterns. I mean, he's, he's a member of the Justice League for crying out loud. So, and they're important, and you have all the different colored lanterns. Like, I would love for them to do this right on the, the small screen. I know you. I love because of Anthony. I love the Green Lanterns. Really, I, I really, I was really into Green Lantern yeah. at some at, at one point. So, I would love to see a a well done run of what Jeff Johns produced with the Green Lantern. One of the great asshole characters, Guy Gardner. You know, you can't go wrong. Uh, okay, next piece of news we'll give you guys, Geek Boner. Geek Boner. The MonsterVerse lives on. Oh, shit. According to a new report from The Hollywood Reporter, Legendary is talking to director Adam Wingard, who directed Godzilla vs. Kong, to return for a future MonsterVerse film. Oh, shit. And they said the the one title being considered... Son of Kong. Geek boner. I doubt that's going to happen. What does this but, mean to you guys? No, why not? Um, no, I mean, it's it's a fun title because it, it tells you, it telegraphs that it's going to be about Kong, right? And that's kind of like a clue that that uh, Godzilla may or may not be involved here on out unless Toho and them renegotiate uh-huh, to, uh-huh. to get the rights back. Uh-huh. But um, so they're trying to like kind of, mentally prepare people to say, oh, the MonsterVerse is going to continue, but maybe Godzilla's not going to be a big part of it. Uh, maybe in a future movie, maybe a couple of years down the line, if it's still, if, if the franchise is still viable, maybe Godzilla will come Bring back. back. You know, and that'll be a good way, because you don't want to, like, tire everyone out, right? So they're probably going to save him for something in the future and let Toho do its, mon- they're going to do their own MonsterVerse. Uh, their Godzilla verse they're going to start doing movies with. That's what they wanted to do, but they were waiting for this whole monster verse thing to play out. So son of Kong could happen, but I just think that it, I, I went to uh, read the Adam Wingard ask me anything on Reddit or whatever uh-huh. he did. Mm-hmm. And um, he just seemed like he's in to do the, the movie and he'll just, he's just throwing shit out there. And he's not really committed to anything. I don't really think that he is. He's like, I'm up for it. He's also got Thundercats and he's got Face Off yep, to do. Those he's got two those two movies things, in the yeah. pipeline. So they're, they haven't locked it down yet. But I don't the, think it's 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 uh, going to be Son of Kong. Could be interesting. Is Kong going to fuck another fucking Kong and have a <laughs> How much time is going to oh, pass? Yeah. Is he going to find a not. baby Kong and like Godzilla did, like an homage to Godzilla where. He finds a baby and like just takes it on, you know, adopts it, you know, or maybe it's not even a Kong. Maybe it's just like a Kong like thing. Bastard child in Hollow Earth that finds them and it's like, <laughs> Dad, where you been all my life? I, I'm down to see that. What do you think, Anthony? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? You know, I think you know it's clear. First off, Adam Wingard's just like blowing yeah, up. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's rock, <laughs> rocking it, rocking it up. Adam, um, you know, Wingard <laughs> as John Belayer, Nick Shev, who just kings of speech. <laughs> Oh, well, he does say it a lot. I'll, I'll, <laughs> he, he does, but I mean, he's also kind of knows how to shoot some action to be fun to watch. Yeah, so he does. Uh, you gotta, you gotta take what you get. I like his know? work. Yeah, you know, I think, I think he did a, a very good job with the script he had in, in terms of making the action seem really good. We've, uh, I geeked out about the action. If he has a better script, maybe we can see him direct humans. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think Legendary gives a shit about creating awesome human characters. Mm-hmm. They'd be nice, but they just want to keep rolling this out. They didn't really have a plan. I feel like Godzilla versus Kong was supposed to be the end, and now it's like kind of the new beginning yeah. for this. So Son of Kong would probably make no goddamn sense within the, the universe, but it, all of this is like barely tied by a thread anyway, so... 
I'm for it. I'm here for it. I'm one of the few. I don't know if there's many that like liked the original. <laughs> 1933. Oh, you like Son that of Kong, I liked it, but then again, I haven't seen it since I was a child. I just remember him like holding the the people up to save them and like fighting the bear and all yeah. that. Yeah, 1933 so for this. Wow. Wow. And that son of Kong made no goddamn sense either because how the fuck did Kong have a baby that was like an albino? Uh, <laughs> hey, like Imran. it happens. Look at me. <laughs> I just think they went back to the, the island and, and, it was, and it was there They went, went to get another Kong. Oh, right. So, I mean, you know, this isn't like they don't really have plans. I think they're just going to throw stuff at the wall. I, I, I do like the idea of making a movie without Godzilla just to kind of show yeah. you have legs without the king. So, yeah, but, you know... Let's go. Let's go. Make more monsters movies. They've built a monster verse. They have right. fucking a whole entire hollow earth that could be full of shit. Like they have the idea of aliens kind of already established with King Ghidorah. So like, why don't they kind of explore some of this stuff? Like, like clean it up a little bit. Like they made a huge mess last time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking let's start placing some things in order. Do you want a franchise that lasts, or do you want to fucking burn it out and 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 blow it? Like they have an opportunity here to actually, okay, listen, we got people in now. People are coming in fucking record numbers of people interested in this shit. People have watched it at home. It's part of the zeitgeist. Now let's fucking develop this shit. And they could go for a cheap money grab and make a shitty movie again or whatever. They shouldn't, but that's, we'll see what happens. Well, uh, one more other thought. I just thought of this now. The more, you know, I was originally, I think my mindset was I'm cool with Godzilla versus Kong being the end, but I'm also kind of going to the mindset where if they keep making these movies, these movies inevitably stay within pop culture, become, stay within the zeitgeist, and eventually maybe the movies go away, but they're in long enough where it's like, this will always be a well that future creators can go back to, and this will always, like the this won't kill the franchise. Like by the, f- the fact that they keep doing these things means that it's always going to have legs. And that at the end of the day, I always want them to be making movies about giant monsters. So I, I support it in that, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, clearly legendary was surprised by the box office return. So I'm excited. I mean, we're almost at, a, into it. if you include King Kong, we're almost at like a hundred years now of monster. Yeah. Films. yeah. Like even like just think about this though, in the modern time, since uh, I would say Godzilla 98 came out, right? They didn't really do a versus film. It was always about other stuff. And then there was a fight at the end and that was it. Yeah. This is the first time where they really were like, this is a versus film is going to be a lot of monster fights. It's going to be about the monsters. They're going to play. And people responded to that, even though the movie was terrible. So what does that tell you? You got to give people what they want. And then and, yeah. and then they'll love it. They'll love you, even if you suck at everything else. They'll 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 still respond to that that visual spectacle, the that feeling that you give when you're watching a fight that you can't get from dialogue. You know. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I love this King Kong and Godzilla versus Kong, and I would absolutely want to see more of Kong. It's great. Godzilla, you can he can you can keep him for a few years, bring him back, give him a break. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking take a nap. He's done enough work. He's done enough. It's time for Kong to shine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 
The dude dies at the end of every movie. He does. Let him fucking breathe. Let a him little live bit. and have a family <laughs> and stuff and mow the lawn. There's a lot of grass down there in Hollow Earth. He's tending yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tending hey, you gotta cut. I gotta trim all these fucking weeds. Trust me, it's a lot of work. Uh, listener, before we get to the last story in the news segment, check out our online tea public shop. Visit jockinner.com slash shop. For all your swag needs, we got t-shirts, hoodies, cell phone cases, stickers, mugs, face masks with our logo, old logo, new logo, rug boys face all over your face and chest. Uh, I want to say thanks to our buddy, Gerald Morris, two peas on a podcast. He was on the show a couple times. He posted a photo of him in the black t-shirt with the white logo. I have that t-shirt. It looks sharp. I like it. Oh, shit. Nice shirt. Very nice. Thank you, Gerald, for buying that and sharing the photo. Jockinerd.com slash shop. Okay, last thing is a trailer for possibly could be the next big buzzy summer show. It is it looks like something that is based on a comic. based on a comic book, a Vertigo comic book from DC, and it's the kind of thing that is right down my alley. And I mean a weird, quirky, fucked up story. It's called Sweet Tooth. They just released a te- teaser. It will be out on Netflix June fourth. This is. Based on the Vertigo series by Jeff Lemire that ran from 2009 to 2021, 46 issues. It's produced by Robert and Susan Downey Jr. And it's about a kid who is born uh, with a half, uh, he's a half dog. What is he? Half deer. Half deer with antlers. Anthony, did you watch this trailer? And what did you think? I it's did. fucking weird. I love it. It's fucking weird. Um, but yeah, this is... Like we're in the the golden age of if you're a fan of comics, absolutely of TV, a fan of like all sorts of different comics. Like every property is being invested in and thrown on some streamer because there's just so much interest in in these in mining this. I mean, this is like, and I think it's great. I think it's great that the 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 mainstream buzz of like a Marvel or DC is now carried over where these Vertigo titles and these off-brand titles and all these different creators are getting all their different works put up. So I think it's awesome. I think it's great. It's not necessarily something I would like would have watched right away a couple years ago, but I'm here for this. I'll watch this. Fuck it. It, Well, the the book I've been told, and so many people have told me this is one of the best comic books I've ever read. Sweet Tooth. It's critically acclaimed. Rugs, what are your thoughts? I can't wait to see the Twitter feeds on this, where the furries are having a field day. <laughs> with it. I knew he was going to go there. Yeah, they're going to have a fucking field day. And There's people gonna are shipping fan like, art. The people fan are shipping. Arts, yeah. The antler deer. The, antler, yeah. the, antler the, fucking, the, 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 the alligator should be, the alligator man should be fucking that male deer. <laughs> so quickly, here's the synopsis. Sweet Tooth is a post-apocalyptic fairy tale about a hybrid deer boy and a wandering loner who embark on an extraordinary adventure. All episodes, June 4th. I fucking can't wait. It looks so wild and crazy and quirky and, you know, reminds me of Doom Patrol and kind of the weird shows that I've been into. Uh, and I w- wanted to read this. Jeff Lemire is an amazing comic creator. Well, it just shows like everyone's looking for content, and comics have always been there. They it's have. just they haven't been mined like this, and they're being mined. I mean, we're they're being mined to the point where it's like we might be hitting a bubble eventually. But right now, it's it's great. There's st- and I've said this for years. There's still amazing independent comic book there's series. Probably way more. So there's much. That hundreds, there's thousands. Like, there's yeah. thousands of great thousands. shit. Yeah, exactly. James Brolin, the one kind of big name in this. Uh, I don't know. Oh, and Will Forte and some other people. 
Uh, yes. So I would like to see the movie with Sweet Tooth versus Sweet Chuck from Police Academy. Sweet Chuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sweet Chuck. No one knows who they're talking about. <laughs> The one person, please comment on the on the fan page. Wait, uh, let me uh, conf- <laughs> reveal something else to you guys. I didn't tell you that the, something in this trailer reminded me the shot. First of all, the shot of the opening where they're waiting for the delivery room and they turn around and you see this dear kid with a tail and a little nose and whiskers. Oh, shit. It's fantastic. Here's what I didn't tell you. You do know that I do foster dogs, right? Right. We, we mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, uh, were fostering. We got a pit bull. Her name is Jazz. She's got a jagged snaggle tooth. Adorable. She was pregnant. We had a pregnant foster two weekends ago, Saturday. Out pop seven fucking puppies. Oh, shit. We have 11 dogs in our house right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're, oh my God. Yes. But everyone came out healthy. The mama, who is like super skinny, somehow she delivered these. And like they look like this fucking sweet tooth baby, only a little less human. Our dog. How does how did the dogs you have get along with? Uh, so they're the our two golden retrievers are very curious. We kind of keep them. She has her area, but they're very curious, and the mama is friendly to the most part. But she she's nursing them, and it's, it's wild because the mom and the dogs know what to do instantly. Oh, shit. like you really don't have to do anything. You kind of have to guide a couple. But she knows what to do somehow. And I could I want to put a live stream of the seven puppies in this pool. I could watch this for hours. It's so fucking fascinating. Their eyes aren't open yet. They're all just jockeying for pish position on the nipple. And you literally see one dude come up and knock a dude off a nipple and get out of the nipple. Which one is the best nipple? I don't know. There's there's enough for everybody. <laughs> I don't know why they're fighting over them. But you st- are we still talking about puppies? Yes, the puppies. Uh, I think so. But look, it's it's fascinating. It's wild. So we're gonna wean them for eight weeks, and then we gotta find them. They're gonna get snatched up. Puppies get adopted quickly, but we're gonna find them all homes. Wow. Now, are they? Do you know what it, it's a pure pit bull, or is it? Some we other do thing? have no idea who the father is. Look, I have a puppy question. For yes. You. At eight, we- eight weeks old, that's yeah. when people are recommended to start adopting puppies. Correct. Do the moms give a shit that the puppies are gone after eight weeks? The mom already gets up and takes a break from her fucking nursing puppies. She In the beginning, she was all about them, and they were nursing. And now it's hilarious because when they're sleeping, she will fucking leave. And then when I see her nursing, she looks fucking miserable. Like, you could <laughs> see it in her eyes, like, get these fucking things. Because they so- got... At eight weeks, are eight they weeks like, will be plenty. She will not. She will be done with. She them. doesn't care. I'm the, pretty the mom, sure. Mom is done with now, puppies. Now generally. the key is not to separate the pack, the litter before eight weeks. Keep them with the mom. Some people at three right. weeks will send them to different foster homes. But my wife is bred up on this. She's like they're better socialized if you keep them all together. And eight weeks, absolutely, the mom will be fine. Okay, yeah, because at some point in the wild, she's gonna let them go and live their lives. You know. Right. But puppies are so, even at eight weeks, they're so dependent. Yeah, I will see. So far, they haven't been able to crawl out of the pool. Pretty soon, I'll be chasing them around. We're going to be like, where's number six and seven? Oh, oh shit. I can't find number five. You're going to be cleaning up shit all over oh, the place. And you're going to have your own little umbrella academy with dogs. Yes. I have, I'm going to give them all superpower names. <laughs> number five. <laughs> we also have a, a another foster. His name is Gus. He is a hound shepherd mix and has one eye. Oh, shit. He had an eye Jesus. removed nine Jesus weeks ago. Jesus Christ. He's, he's loud. What is with your place? Yeah, we're running a fun. It's not a puppy mill, which for these are all. This is a rescue operation, people. We're doing good and helping dogs get forever homes. Anyways, with that, let's take a quick break. That's my dog history. 
Uh, play some promos, and we're going to come back and geek out about fucking Invincible. Great show right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a perfect strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Iman, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, po, po. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick leave, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV, I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Listener, if you enjoy the show and want to give back, want to show love for all the entertainment value we have been providing for the last six years, join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! Uh, to sign up for the fan club where as little as $3 a month, you get a RSS feed that has bonus content the shows come out early there's a sports show tons of instant reactions movie reviews and uh you can sign up whatever we choose and whatever we choose uh you can sign up monthly or yearly and uh it's a lot of fun sign up uh and uh jockinerd.com slash patreon jockinerd okay let's get to the review we have our first full season of Robert Kirkman's Invincible on Amazon Prime, uh, released a few weeks ago. Here's your spoilers. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled! This is the show based on Image Comics series created also by Robert Kirkman and artist Corey Walker. Started in 2003 and uh, currently Ryan Otley is drawing on it and... I don't know if it's still ongoing, Rugs. I looked it up. Last issue. No, it's done. Okay, so the last issue was 144. It came out February 2018. So that's it. The whole run yeah. is done. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, this series is sitting at 96%. Oh, wow. 7.79 out of 10 on the average rating Score. Uh, this series again was also written by Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley and Corey Walker, writing on all eight episodes. So you have the original creators giving you the story uh, of Mark Grayson. The main. We'll get into the who plays who. The cast is amazing. Main cast features Stephen Yoon as Mark Grayson, 
Sandra O oh as the mom, Debbie Grayson, and J.K. Simmons fantastic as Nolan Grayson slash Omni Man. And the basic premise is Mark Grayson turns seventeen, gets powers because his dad, Nolan Grayson, is the planet's superhero from another planet, and shit happens. Anthony, I'm gonna start with you. Giving you, give me your opening thoughts. I'm so excited that you are so excited by the show. <laughs> So, with that amazing fucking finale to this eight-episode series, uh, what are your thoughts coming out of it? Yeah, you know, I wasn't all that hyped about this show coming in just because I didn't know anything, and the and the trailers did actually a pretty good job of hiding what this show really was. I wouldn't have known anything unless um, if I hadn't talked to you guys. This show's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love I, it. I, this show was... Probably, probably one of my favorite shows I've ever seen in terms of like um, just overall show and then an adaptation of a of a comic. Um, you know, I think what is in this show's favor is the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. Yep, yep. I haven't read the comic, so I'm legitimately surprised. And yeah, it's a great show. It's it's well casted in sort in terms of voice acting. The animation is is on par with what you would normally see from a lot of other. Um, well done shows. It's up. It's just super violent. Uh, they do a good job of subverting expectations. They do have a good score. They have an interesting story. Every every episode has its own little mini storyline that kind of riffs on superhero tropes, but then also has like a dark turn. Like it's just fucking awesome. I <laughs> I legitimately love this show. I, I I can't say enough good things about it. It was a pleasant surprise. And you and me both for the first time going in blind. I have not read the comics. Ruggs is the only one that has read the comics out of the three of us. And I'm, look, I'm all hyperbole. Yeah. So I'm trying not to say this is probably the most perfect superhero TV show I've ever seen. But this is probably the most perfect fucking superhero <laughs> show oh, I have ever seen. Well, I'll tell you this. Okay. I read the first year of this, right? And I reread it recently. The comic was good. Yeah. But this is better wow. than the comic. Wow. And, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Because they, the people who wrote it worked on it. Worked on the show. They this saw is, what yep. worked in their book. And they just, if we move this here, it's yep. going to pay off better there. And if we do this there, it's going to mean more later here. And if we kind of bury this person and and, and, and kind of spend more time with this person, is better. And then, and then they corrected a lot of things. There's characters that didn't really have a lot of like uh, time in the comics that are, are major characters now that are kind of are pillars of the show. Yeah. And it's better. It's better in every single way. It's wow. better. Wow. It's, it's better. I never hear you say that, that it's better. <laughs> right? It's, oh, it's better um, representationally. Uh, for diversity's yeah, sake, they changed the, they they changed genders and uh, races of certain characters. Yeah, yep. it's better in that way. It's better in just the way that it unfolds. It's better, and it and and, and obviously, you know, you're reading a comic book, but you have performances that add so much nuance. Oh, yeah, and they've fleshed it out a lot more. It makes more like when you read the comic, it, it you'll you read it in a flash. It's just like really quick moving. Uh, lots of big panels, lots of walking lots dead is of, similar, you know? Yeah. So you take the comic and you put it on steroids. This is what this is. So I was excited because I think the experience Kirkman picked up of walking dead taking, you know, he's does this whole walking dead show. He's got a series, but he gets a second shot. So if you're as a creator, as the writer creator, you're like, 
I got I can do this again. How can I make this better? And I feel like he learned a lot on how to adapt and applied it here fucking perfectly almost. It really so it's better, huh? I do think it is in a lot of ways because I mean, look, uh obviously there's a lot more story to 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 be told and but you get most of the stuff that they had in that first 12 issues. Like mm-hmm. I would say, I'm going to say at least 80% of it is in there. Wow. Um, not, it doesn't unfold the same way. It's di- a little different. And, but I think it works better in the show. It does. Certain things happen a lot earlier than they should, but some of it pays off better. Yeah. So it, it works. And um, yeah, as far as my opinion of the show, I feel like I love the design of it. I love the it, I love the animation design. Yeah. It looks great. It looks like Ryan Otley stuff. It looks like the art from the book. And it also it evokes this crazy, like it's like an adult nineties Saturday morning cartoon or afternoon cartoon. Like if you think about the X-Men show from the nineties or Batman Beyond. Like X-Men Evolution. X-Men or something. Evolution. It reminds so it feels familiar instantly the look of it even though it's not like the most rendered detailed animation the expressiveness and the fluidity is fucking gorgeous and it nails yeah, it they, they take they cut corners a little here bit, and a little bit this you know like when and a lot of the flying scenes are like probably the worst animated stuff because yeah. they just kind of like have him and they just kind of move him but in that's between. what it would look like it would just he would be over there and instantly you know it'd just be like but Pff. but overall like they they you get your money's worth like you definitely get like the fights are brutal brutal um, fucking hey they're they that's where they put all of their heart and soul into like the stuff yeah the show is great i mean like when i watch any other shows i'm talking about real shows like with live action this is up there like with many great live action shows think about every character in the show yes every character in the show has a place in your yeah. heart yeah. right yeah. so like the fucking guy who works for the government. You fucking know what Cecil, he's about. Fucking yeah. Cecil. The the fucking demon that's trying to solve the Damien murder. Damien Darkblood, Clancy Brown. You have uh, the girlfriend, the 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 best the friend. The gay best friend. You got uh, even even the gay best friend's crush that he wanted to hook up with. You know, you feel yeah. something for like the like, mom has agency. She's not an idiot. You know, she she's actually no. it's amazing. So yeah, like every character. It is developed to an extent. They're not just decoration. Walt like, Goggins like, was Cecil. He's really good at Cecil. Even like the blue guys. Oh, the Mahler twins were fucking yeah, fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about before. I want to dive into the final fucking episode because it was just fucking wild. But I love let's just dive into the stuff we love and some of the characters. I love that the title card got bloodier every episode. Just a little detail. But the fucking music. The music choices they use is fantastic. The relationships between the characters works so well. Anthony, what else? What what else sticks out? I mean, there's. I echo everything. I mean, the the character work is amazing. Uh, you definitely care for all the characters. You definitely fucking hate uh, Gray. Uh, what's his name? The Viltrum, the head Viltrumite, Omni Man. You fucking Nolan. hate that guy. Yeah. I mean, that guy is like the scum. Of I mean, the this earth. is a guy that puts Homeland gives Homelander a run for his fucking money. This guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, the boys is good too. I, I will. I think it's up there with a lot of great live action shows. I think you also can get away with a little more though with animation. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm always like, but I like the. I mean, I like like it feels like a throwback when in terms of like the animation yeah, feel. Yeah. But then you have like these complex like 
themes and you have these subverting of all the superhero tropes and you have the violence so it's like a throwback look but different like it just it just feels so different than what i've normally seen i again the music the 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 fight scenes are fucking brutal i love steven yun as as mark, mark. yeah he, he I mean, does such a good job he does a great job being a teenager uh, you, the voice casting is great the last I mean, episode had me in tears i could almost not watch what was happening in the last episode yeah i mean it's all there's so many i i can't even i remember the last episode if you want to talk about that about 10 minutes in i texted all my friends i watch invincible i go this show is fucking fucking crazy like the 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 amount of violence i mean they're just not afraid of touching anything but they but they don't it's not like the boys in some instances like the guy the girl gets her face fucked to death or the guy gets his face fucked to death right yeah like that's kind of like it's they're doing that just to, like they know that's the button it's to push. Shocker, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a shocker. Invincible is also shocking, but it's just they they go about it in a way that even though it's still shocking and it's gross and it's fucking terrible, it's kind of a little bit more tactful than like the boys. However, though, you could not that last episode. You could not do that live action, just cost wise. It's you know not possible. Right. No, yeah, violence wise, it's not possible. Yeah, they could pretty much go anywhere, which is great. The one thing that was funny to me is every time I turned the show on, I would say violence and sexuality. Yes. Like, when are we going to see boobs? We're not going to see them. I'm we like, saw, there was some, uh, wasn't duplicate naked at one point. No, when she got, no, caught I don't think so. No, she wasn't get any titties no I don't, but I'm just saying like, don't put that there. Cause then I'm, I'm the whole time. I'm like waiting for something to happen. It doesn't happen. L- literally every episode was like, I was like, Oh, they're going this like, the fucking robots like this deformed little baby. Fuck yeah! Or like, oh, I love like, robots. Oh my god, I love robot. Robot. Or, yes. or you have like the 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 weird like genius in college that's like cutting people like a stem part of the brain out. Like, that was Ezra or you Miller. Have, like aliens on Venus. Like it's just like they just have so many different things going on, and yet like it almost feels like. On paper, it's almost too stretched out because you have eight episodes it, and you're covering all this ground. It. They do it. But they, had, they, definitely, they definitely nailed Let it. Let me tell you, one of the driving forces that I love that had me going was how they set up the beginning. The first episode, you meet Mark, you meet his friends, you very quickly see him get powers. It's all great, very traditional. And then you watch fucking Nolan violently kill the Guardians of the Globe, who they set up as this universe's big hero. And this is now the Game of Thrones Red Wedding moment. And the whole time you are left wondering why the fuck did he do this? And in fact, the, you know, the theories I had, Debbie does when she finally confronts him. She says everything I was thinking. She's like, what is it? Were you mind controlled? Are you framed? Do they have something on us? This couldn't have been you. And that mystery kept me so hooked the whole time. And they played it so well. The reveal of it was. Pretty good. I mean, it was impactful. Maybe it could have been more impactful, but just the way the battle scene around it worked so well and made it even crazier. The the only minor criticism I have is the finale was fun up until like the end. Like the second half, I think was 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 good. I still think it was a good finale. Up, yeah, but it felt like more like um like it didn't feel like it wrapped up the season. It was like getting on to season two, yeah, right? Like, bit, yeah, if yeah, you were yeah. looking for some of that closure between Mark and Nolan, you definitely weren't going to get that in this episode. Yeah. And it ends on a cliffhanger. That's like, Hmm, is that interesting? I kind of like, personally, I want to see fucking Mark kill Nolan. <laughs> like I want to yeah. see, I want to, I want to see Nolan get his comeuppance, but we'll see what happens. I think 
the great thing about this is that um, at the end of that that scene where he's beating the shit out of him, and he knocks his teeth out, oh, and it fuck. makes him remember yeah, him when flashback. he had when he was when he was a little kid and he didn't have all of his teeth and he lost his teeth, and that's the visual that brings him back yeah. to that baseball game. Yeah, and he's like, oh shit, like I remember when this kid fucking gave me fucking something to look forward to and live through and and um he decides that he can't destroy earth and he leaves you know he's just like fuck it i That's can't do fucked. this yeah and now what's gonna they happen they, they they could have been more specific about it but i think didn't cecil say that they they, they tracked it and they couldn't find where he went he must have just kept going yeah he definitely he definitely left although i think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out it's not the the direction i wanted to see happen with Nolan I want to see him die yeah. so we'll see I mean I'm, I'm willing to let it play out just because they've gone in already so many directions where I was like I thought I knew it was going to happen yeah. and then I didn't and well, I was like pleasantly surprised in the direction they took it well from what I gathered in the show that this is from the show so I'm not saying anything I read from the comic books but they've so they introduced uh, Nolan's home planet so to Viltrum. explain here's what we learned in the final episode we'll just talk about it rugs explain why he's really there because we are told he's a viltrumite and he's there to protect the planet and this is a be- benevolent race of uh well he lied to them yes so what is his real mission so basically the viltrumites are this race of uh, uh, of people that they they reach the pinnacle of uh, uh of utopia and then they were like okay well we got that now what do we do and they're like, well, we want to imp- we want to impose our will to to the whole entire uh, galaxy, but they they couldn't do it because they weren't strong enough. So like, we need to get rid of all the weak. So we're everyone just- kill everyone else. Yeah. So that was now, crazy. Na- so then, so they went they, they went this whole different direction, this military direction, survival of the fittest. Yes. Where yeah, only the strong survive, yeah. and basically they were able to in this way take over like most of the galaxy. And at a certain point in time, their resources had run. Uh, out and so what they decided to do is like send an emissary like uh, somebody to kind of destroy the planet from the inside instead of trying to taking it over to by keep force it down to keep it yeah weak. so um he's basically there to kind of like work against the planet and, and take it over eventually and i think that he was doing it in a way where he got everybody to love him and and, and then him be the only hero so Everybody started to depend on. I think that's why he took out those guys. He wanted to be the only person that the whole world to depend on, and then they could he could kind of bend the will towards them. I feel like for a while though, he did kind of enjoy being on Earth and kind of got lost in it, and then kind of snapped out of it once Mark was born and started to get his powers. Well, yeah, I think that that's right, right there. He's like number one. He was dreading him getting his powers, I think. Yes, because he then now he has to make a decision. Yeah. And then at that mm. point, he's like, listen, if I sit here and I raise him and continue the charade, he could stop me. So right. if I'm going to kill right. him. You know, like he had no reason to kill him because he had no powers. He was, no, you know, but now that he does have powers, he has to make a decision. Well, actually, I kind of I kind of read it a little differently. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I was more like, I think he was just going to be like, eh, like this sucks if he doesn't get powers. Cause then he's just like, Oh, what a waste of time. Cause he even mentions to him. He's like, well, like if you don't want to do this, you got your life is just a blip in my life. I can go find another person to fuck yeah. and create a kid. Yeah. Like I don't need you. Yeah. So I, I kind of interpreted the other way. And then I think 
when he was beating his ass and then he started remembering the good times, he was like, that was like maybe like the shred of humanity that he developed with Sandra Oh, his wife, had uh, kind of taken him over a little bit. Yeah, and and I just love when he said like, well, what are you going to have after 500 years? He's like, you. That was the We'll moment. be together. That was we'll the be, moment. You know, we, I, up until this point in my life, I loved you. Like, you were my hero. Yeah. And, the betrayal. and I think that that resonated a little bit, too. And, you know, the world saw this betrayal also because it was broadcast. I love. So we find out Mark is going to live for thousands of years, which is a shocking thing. This is all shocking to learn all at once. Right. Debbie is watching this and he's like, your mom is just a pet to me. It's fucking devastating while he's getting his ass beat. Just that whole sequence of him. You know, when he, he saves the fighter pilot, you see the difference in these two. And then Nolan just fucking crushes his head like he's not even. Oh, it's so fucking brutal. I mean, thing. crushes the guy's head. He and the shoves, brain splashes on he, his face. <laughs> yeah. And he shoves Mark through a moving train that basically snaps oh everyone in God. half. Jesus Christ. So first of all, using him as a wrecking ball to show him how pathetic and weak and meaningless humans are. The building drops. The arm is severed. Oh. That was fucking devastating. And then this is a Chicago subway. He's just holding him up through a subway and you're watching organs and limbs and uh, guts spilling. It was holy shit. shit. Holy shit. I was like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is insane. And then at the end when he's just he can't talk. After watching Godzilla versus Kong, where multiple buildings topple over yeah, and there's no <laughs> no no attention paid to all the slaughter that's happening. Well, so this is why I appreciate this is the, the inverse the of that, right? Yeah, this is the death. The human civilian death toll on this show is huge. The weight is so it much is worse. Crazier. This is a Zack Snyder death toll plus a thousand. Well, they, they also like it's because the beginning of the first episode is very like superhero-y. The villains don't really die no one dies it's you know like what you would see in a normal superhero show but then it just takes that turn when nolan actually kills everybody and then you see from the the remainder of the show like people these you know these aliens invade and people fucking die like if this was a i guess if this was in air quotes a real show like i guess that that's probably what would happen right like a lot of there would be a lot of um, collateral damage in the form of human bodies and everywhere. you feel it you feel it when he can't save them and like nolan just walks over them and those aliens are just killing people you're like fuck yeah but i think that the difference between something like this and what Zack snyder does Zack snyder is kind of doing this thing to kind of be edgy right yes and it's i think it, like this i think that all of this is doing it to prove a point in the story and to make the story beats better yeah and I think that that's the little distinction, like because we were cracking on Snyder like a few weeks ago about him having to use so much violence and why does it need why does Batman need to curse and say fuck you or blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, we're watching this show and this show is doing everything, but the the reason why we like it now is because it makes sense for the story mm-hmm. and it and everything has a a value to it. So like this whole thing is. He's having a conversation with his son about the value of human life yeah. and how it means nothing to him. Yeah, it's wild. And this, this is just the exclamation point to that thought. Absolutely. So, so I, I think it's all about how you do it. It's not like, see, I don't have a problem with something like this yeah. being extreme because it means something to the story. That's what the Snyder uh, bros need to kind of realize yeah. a little bit. It's yeah, empty it's, when Snyder doesn't. He does it. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't really. He does it because it looks cool and he doesn't think about anything else but like the visual where it's just badass to him. Right. Where whereas like Mark 
Is this his name, Mark? Mark Mark Grayson, yes. Mark Grayson. Like, he sees, even, like, in the early episodes, he sees the violence, and it's supposed to convey, like, this job isn't, like, everything you thought it was, man. Like, this is a tough job, and, like, it's a violent job. And like, people you're, you're, die. People die. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't, this isn't your typical superhero show. Like, you're, you're going to have to see some things that are, like, really going to make you question if you want to do this. And then, and the fact that he sees all of this stuff and continues to try to help makes makes you love his character even yeah, more. Yeah. This is after being kind of like uh like got get, gotten like the fuzzy story from his dad, you know, like that how like it's, it's yeah, he just goes to work and he just, you know, he saves lives and nothing bad happens. You know, he, he doesn't tell him the, the real shit that people fucking get decapitated and splattered and shit. You know, he doesn't tell him the fucking gory details. Yeah. The training sequence is great though where he's like, you know, he's teaching him how to take a hit and how to fly like i loved all that uh so the uh at the end also i think what's interesting is that when nolan flew off he kind of abandoned his mission and i believe the viltrumites are not gonna be happy with him because he fucking took off and didn't do what he was supposed to i loved in the animation when he had bloodshot eyes you could see the veins and how it was just a little more exaggerated as he got crazier and crazier it was yeah, that so wasn't well- in the comics yeah oh that was it that's a touch that they added that would wow, made it better. Wow. That and that beat that beat down. I, I'm like, I know this is a cartoon, but this is hard to watch. This is physically making me ill to watch this because I love Mark and it was just so gory. Uh so the second half of the episode deals with the finale, kind of the wrap up, the fallout. Something what, what are we talking about? We don't really see the fallout. You see a nation and the media saying, How can Something that was our protection from threats to become our threat. It's like a 9-11 type. Everyone is in a daze. They're stunned. We learn there is a white room that the government, Cecil has. He shows Mark. There's a, a, a frequency, a light. They put chemicals in the tap water that people drink to prevent them from seeing a frequency of light they use so they can hide all their crazy experiments. He's making more fucking cyborg Robocop dudes. Uh, and then Alan the Alien, hilariously voiced by Patton Oswald. Returns. I love his introduction where he's 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 in the wrong planet. He's supposed to be at Urath. And he That's shows Pat, no, I thought it was Seth Rogen. Oh, oh maybe it's Seth Rogen. I think it oh, is okay. Seth Rogen, not Patton Oswald. Uh, you, uh, Seth Rogen, not Patton. They're similar schm- schmucky guys. <laughs> they sound nothing alike. No, I'm wrong. But, Seth Rogen <laughs> doing a great job. There's I'm so like, many, Where the fuck is this alien? There's he's so about. many voices in here. Anyways, he tells them the Coalition of Planets is trying to get a team together to take down the Viltrumites now. And they would love to have a fucking actual Viltrumite fight against, you know, fight with them against their people. And Mark's like, look, I got to finish school. What episode did we meet that character again? That was this is the only that's the only thing about when it's weekly. I forget what happens. I can tell you, Alan, and he meets him in episode two. Alan tests world defenses for the Coalition of Planets. And he was supposed to uh, be at Urath, but he's on Earth. And he's like, well, I made a big mistake. It's the wrong planet. But I want to talk about some other fun characters. Damien Darkblood, I loved, and I I wish they brought him back. He kind of he was the, the only thing he was uh his plot point was to get Debbie to be yeah, he kind of disappeared after. I know, I wish he was going to come back, but if it was if it wasn't for him, Debbie wouldn't have found uh Nolan's bloodied suit or believe it. She had suspicions and followed through with the tailor. So, he was the cause of that, but I love Damien Darkblood, but then he disappears. Uh the team, team team, we got Robot, voiced by Zachary Kinto. 
I was so sad to see him go. Uh, and now his name is Rudy, and he is in the cloned teenage body of Rexplode <laughs> oh, because he wants to get together with Monster Girl, who's that's not so really fu- young. It's so fucking funny yeah, that he chooses so Rex's teenage body, and Rex is all like, what the he's fuck, He's like, man? what the fuck, dude? What is this? Well, Rex is getting all the pussy. Yeah. Like, he's, of course, he's the body well, he you want to be noticed Monster right? Girl was, like, you know, looking at him, and she, he's like, well, I'm going to be Monster Girl. But that whole storyline with him getting the Mauler twins out, they were great. And the cloning, J- Jason Maczukas is great. Jason Maczukas is amazing as Rex Plode. I love uh, that like Rex is supposed to be like probably a teenager, maybe in his early twenties too. And Jason Maczukas is like almost fifty. <laughs> he's quite like, old. Like Steven Young's doing he's a teenager, and he's 40s. like what, like in his mid thirties. Listen, 40s. voices we, they often get girls to do females to do young boy voices. Like it's a voice you could do anything in this matter. I don't have any complaints. I just thought it was funny. Uh, and how about the the immortal? Like, there's so many things to talk about. The collar they give him to bring back the immortal. A dude called the immortal dies like three times on the show. Oh, like, bro, Nolan <laughs> like he's kills coming him. Back too. Yeah, Nolan kills him twice. That was amazing when he just wakes up and he's like, "Where's Omni Man?" And just fucking flips out. They have this brutal fight. There's a kaiju. There's a fucking kaiju fight in that last seventh episode. Yeah, there, there is so great when they go into the white room. Yeah. Now, I might be getting flashbacks from the comics, but like when they're in the white room and they turn on the lights, is is the immortal in, in that room? Ooh, I don't remember. He might have been. Mm, I wonder. I, that's after we re- rewatch that. He's going to come back. Yeah, he's in there. He's in the white room. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're trying to fix him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So, the, so the, he is coming back. I think so. He's, he is yeah, called he's the immortal and he's died twice. Yes. He's going to, you know, he is going to come back. But um, I, I like Robot a lot. I think that he was great. Um, I liked um, who the fuck is the the other guy that I really liked a lot? Oh my god, Black Samson, Battle no, Beast, Black Sam- Battle Beast. I love Battle. I like Battle, Battle Beast, Beast because we we get a nice taste of like how badass he is. Yeah, and you know that guy's coming back. Battle oh, Beast, he's is coming back. He's coming back. I, but I don't think he's coming back right away. But uh, he's definitely coming back. He's like. He is um, fucking badass, and he's looking for a worthy opponent. Yes, that's yeah, what he that's, can't find anyone because he beat the shit out of Mark and almost killed him right there. I yeah. like uh, Mahershala Ali as tight. Titan. Titan is fantastic. Mahershala Ali is great, and it looks like he's now the head of the the crime the mob at the end. Right there's a there was a crazy yeah. montage showing things I didn't know what they were. It was like things coming up. Other Think, bad guys. it was basically like lining up who all the villains would be in season two. Yeah, like this yeah, is all yeah. the things he's going to have to deal with. I liked the guy. I forget what, who was doing it, what his name was, but I liked the robot head guy. That was like the mob boss. Machine head. Machine head. Yeah. Machine head was great. Jeffrey he was, Donovan. he was auto tuned, which is great. Yeah. And here's the other couple of other stuff I love is like, you don't need to set up the backstory of every fucking thing. Like sometimes you drop me in. There's a dude named machine head. He's running the mob. I get it. I don't really need any more explanation. So they did that a lot really well. Like you learn about duplicates powers slowly, you know, throughout the show and the other characters. You know what I also liked is like a lot of t- like superhero shows make the, the girl, Yes. Not all that likable. I liked Amber. Both. I liked Amber and, and I liked Adam Eve. And Adam Eve. I liked both. I liked who voiced them. I liked the personalities of both. I liked that Amber wasn't a dumbass and was like, dude, I knew who you were. She knew. That was, that was great. So Zazzy Beats voiced Amber. Jillian Jacobs from Community voiced Adam Eve. And Amber in the comics rugs is a white girl, I believe. Yeah. I, I, like, I, liked, I liked both of them. I mean, I was literally like, 
I almost felt like this is gonna sound really fucking weird. I felt like a teenager again. Yeah. Watching those, Aww. and I'm like, I would like to hook up with those yeah. girls. I would <laughs> I want to date with those girls. A nice three way kind of three way relationship. Will they? Won't they? Uh, I wish there was some resolution. What happens at the end with Amber? She's still. She oh she, she makes she, up with him. That's yeah, right. She makes she supports she's, him. She saved the fucking planet, sort of. And well, if she knew that he was, uh, you know, he was saving lives. Why does she want him to be in a soup kitchen? Would you rather be? Like yeah, when did she know? Why dying? is she mad? She wanted What's him it? to. She wanted him to, to tell it, her. Tell her. It, it was like so obvious that it was like, dude, you're lying so to me. Really, Just tell me. His her his gay boy best friend knows. She knows, and Adam Eve knows are the people who know. I don't think that's is. the right way to refer to someone. There's the gay best friend. Uh, but I like that the, they. <laughs> I like that they had. If we're being woke. I'm saying, yeah, but I appreciated that they had this character who was not like a stereotype gay best friend. William is his name. William. Yeah. William Call was like his a, name. William was a fleshed out character played by Andrew Reynolds. So I, li- I like that William I- insists on people calling him William. And I respect that yeah. because <laughs> why would you want to be the dick? Why would Bill? You-, <laughs> you mean Richard? Oh, Richard. You got the wrong yeah. short name yeah. of the name. William Richard. Yeah, yes. Bill is. The- I don't know what you're talking about. Why would you want to be a Bill? A Bill. But yeah, I, t- I mean, no. that was handled great too, and like everything was so natural, and and the chemistry with everybody was great, and the Mahler twins are hilarious because which one is the clone? I don't even think the original exists. They're all just clones they and clones. Well, and they're like, you're the clone. No, you're well, the clone. They, they clone each other to the point where they, <laughs> they have to think that yeah. they are the original, else it wouldn't work. I love when they're like, that's why you're the clone, and like every so often, just causing doubt. It's so. F- I mean, it's it's. It's really fucking good. Fucking great show. Fucking <laughs> the, the great show. The music choices are all like modern mainstream music. Like not mainstream, but like modern artists and it all ends up working. I like that Amazon, like if you pause it, you'll see the the music that's being yeah. played. De La Soul run the jewels. They use the hives. Hate to say I sold you so at the end, which is a great fucking rock song. Uh, I loved all the music every time it came out. I was like, this is a great song. What is this? I'm looking forward to the next season. I'm it, it's sparked renewed interest in the comics that I have and I'm going back and rereading them now. And, uh, it's cool. Like it's, I thought that, okay, I'm going to reread this and I'm going to like it better than the show. And then that's not what happened. I, like, I, I, I can't like believe you said really, it's better. That's amazing. I, because number one, it's done written by the same guy who wrote the comic. Yeah. And he is sticking to, the best parts of that story. Again, it's a second go. He's like, I can do this again and make it better. How can I make this? That's a great opportunity. Well, we know we're going to get at least two more seasons, but I feel like yeah, it got renewed for two. From and what three. I've gathered, there's a lot to mine out of these this comic. I even without looking anything up, I get a sense that there is so much you could do. Like, there's so many questions I have. I know there's like I want to learn more about Viltrumite and what's going to happen with Nolan and all these other teams and uh, the more bad guys that they got. There's a, I, you feel like there's a lot that they got to go through stuff. Oh, it's going to be like, you think about all the tropes, right? First of all, they're not even scratching the surface. They're going to take on all of the tropes, like all of the comic tropes. Yep. Yep. Think about, uh, remember, remember Spider-Man? Yep. What happened with Spider-Man? Uh, when Stacy dies? No, but they do that, but. What is the most notoriously like freaking tropey Spider Man thing that what, they the do? Uncle Ben thing? No, with the clones, right? Oh. With the thousand Spider Mans, oh that's gonna happen. That shit's happening. So like all the tropes, they're gonna address everything. I mean, there's clearly crazy. aliens out there, you know, the Mars uh episode was great. Uh it was really funny too that he just pissed off these fucking Martians. 
uh, and had to run. Well, those Martians are going to be a problem. Uh, yeah. And like they, the they portals, invaded. the way they came in, it was like Avengers Endgame and they figured out and they aged rapidly and then figured out how to fix that. It's great. And then he went to Mars and those fucking little squiddy things. Oh, yeah. Those things are bastards, too. He barely got out of his out of that the one. college episode was also great where you met D.A. Sinclair and the RoboCop cyborgs. Uh, there was no, literally every episode. Every episode's I, fantastic. Do you have a favorite episode? Fuck, I don't know. Was the and was the ending satisfying? Yeah, yes. yeah, I think so. I mean, my favorite, I think, was the the one where he teams up with um, Titan to like. That's stop, my favorite episode. Oh, the yeah, Titan stop episode. crime and like and Nolan's like, dude, this isn't worth your time, and he tries to, and he does tries to do the right thing, and he gets his fucking ass. That's episode five. So handed oh, to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, because Nolan is like out there watching him get beat, right? He's just oh, yeah. like hanging out, waiting. He's just like, okay, if he wants to do this, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. His ass kicked, whatever. That's also the episode Debbie finds the suit. Yeah, that's episode five. What they did a really good job. I mean, they did a lot of good job in everything, but every episode kind of had its own contained story. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But then there was saying. a plot thread going through that they always came back to in each episode. This is how you write episodic television. Oh, for fuck's shit. sake. This is how you do it. This is one of the best. This is how you do it. That's all you have to do. This is the problem with Falcon and Winter Soldier is like it was just a fucking long movie and they didn't think about the individual episodes. I mean, can they keep this up? Do you think they can? I still- don't know. If the first seasons are usually the best seasons. Can it get better? Hopefully they they it, 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 they can and it doesn't, you know, jump well, the show. I mean, if you think about shows, they're not animated, but I'm thinking about like The Boys season two. I liked a lot. I liked Umbrella Academy season two a lot. So I'm just trying to think of like, other shows um, that are like about comics that are kind of niche yeah. and have second seasons. I don't remember. Walking Dead season two, they were on the farm a lot. Yeah. I didn't mind the farm, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they'll be fine. I think, I think they got a lot to mind. I think you can get a good three. I'm like, so we just said they were renewed for seasons two and three. And, you know, I talk about how much I love that Harley Quinn R rated sweary show. It's completely different. It's a half hour comedy. This is, though. It's better. It's it's as good, if not better, than that. That's how good that shows. But you know, in oh, terms come of come on, this is way better. This Imran. is better. Come but on, it's different because that's a half hour comedy, and it kills on the comedy, on the jokes, and so it kills as a comedy. This thing, though, as a our drama, whatever. It's, this it's, thing is a little bit of everything. It's funny. It's, it's everything. It's heartfelt. There's action. It's kind of like horror at times. So, I mean, it's just got a, it touches everything. Yeah, I feel like it's really strong. I feel like out of all the shows that we've seen in the past few years, I feel like this is in a conversation at least of like the of a great first season. Absolutely. Um, Fuck yeah. Uh, for what it is, I think it did a really good job. I mean, because for me, the way that I I review the show is, okay, number one, as on its own. Like if I were to watch it not knowing anything about Invincible, what is it? Is it good? But then- what throws it over the edge for me is that I did read the first 12 issues and a bunch of other stuff. And, um, and it, and it works if not as good or better. And I think that that's really a great feather to have in your cap. So, uh, that's why I, I fully endorse this show. I mean, we saw him do that with the walking dead. The remember the governor in the comics, walking dead is this two dimensional over the top fucking evil, bad guy. They made him a little more. Negan arguably maybe worked better in the comics than the TV show. So it doesn't always work both ways. I don't know. 
Well, yeah, if you go on for 20,000 yeah, seasons. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah, and he's done with that show. So he You know, there's a couple it. things um, I just want to say, too. First off, like, like one of the best moments of the show, like, I had a little bit of doubt, but I didn't. I knew that he was going to do it, but, like, when Mark stands up to his dad. Yeah. And it's just like, no, I'm going to fucking fight you now. Like, we have to pretend. Like, I was just like. Literally, like, even though you lo- you know he's going to get his ass kicked, it was almost like a round of applause moment where it's like, fuck yeah. Like, he's like, he's just validated how much I've invested in him by doing this, doing the right thing. So, like, that was awesome. And I actually rewatched the first episode with my cousin ah. over the weekend uh-huh. and to try to get him to into it. And he got into it. Um, he's definitely into it. But actually, that first episode, maybe the f- up until, like, that shocking moment at the end, it's so different in tone than the rest of the series that it's like you watch that first 40 minutes and you're like this is not like this does not a good representation of what this show really is like it almost is like feels completely different than the well, rest I of the show i think they did it on purpose they, no they definitely it's did it on tr- purpose like but, a, it's a but traditional respect yeah. that first episode isn't like the one to watch until the end and you're like oh fuck but it, they set it up pretty efficiently and no, they did a great job you know i like that they fool you into like oh this is a traditional hey you've seen all these tropes you know all this he gets power one of the things that they did though that i didn't like with that is that didn't they do it as a post-credit scene yeah yes i didn't know i didn't actually pick up on the post-credit stuff there was a lot of post-credit scenes in there this always was, yeah, yeah every episode had an extra stinger at the end is that the last one i think yeah so if you had turned it off immediately when the credits started, but you look at the time, you're like, wait, what? There's got to be something more. So I didn't mind that. I feel like a lot of people who might have not have stuck with it is because they turned it off before that happened. Well, they're fucking idiots. Oh, Anybody who's just like, hey, I watched the first episode. It wasn't that great. Did you though? <laughs> Did you watch I really don't have it? anything critical or to say bad. Really? I can't think of anything. I mean, I'm reading through some stuff. Like I'm looking at the ringer right now because I actually tried to avoid reviews up yeah. until our, yeah. our show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of criticizing at times that the animation looked a little bad. Mm, it was a yeah. little low budget. Um, it didn't bother, I don't know if I, it didn't I don't, bother me. It never really bothered me. It fit the tone of it. I think yeah. it fits it. It's consistent. If you watch a lot of animation, you'll notice. Yeah. But there, like, were, there were times at the end where you, there was a little more detail. I really liked the design, you know, where the shading was, how they, the eyes were, what they, they added a lot of highlights, different levels of shading. And at the time at the end, there are some times where it's really, it almost looks like anime. It's really it's, well written. It, it, it's not the, it's not the keyframes. It's the in-betweening. Ah, that's what tweening is the problem. Yeah. So like, when you animate, you're animating at 24 frames per second or 15 frames per second, whichever whichever you do. Um, they don't. They're using a lot of computer stuff to not animate, and when you see it, it's jarringly bad. So, but it's serviceable. Like, I think that now that it's gotten all this acclaim, they're probably going to pump a little bit more money into the animation, hopefully, and uh, get it up to a little bit higher level. But like, it's not the it's not the keyframes. So they all they're drawn impeccably. The backgrounds are drawn great. Everything's drawn well. It's just how many frames are they using to animate it? it and they're cutting corners here and there with like um you know certain things. Where does uh I guess where does this rank? I mean, you know, it's obviously not completed, but like in terms of a season of adult themed TV show and whether it be animated I mean, or not. It's I as mean, good like, as The Boys. It's as good as, uh, you know. I, I would say it's definitely in the conversation. It's I mean, as good I, as a season I, of Game of Thrones. 
what it was Game good. of Thrones isn't isn't uh, isn't based on no. the comic, but yeah. But that's a bit like okay. What do you think is the best first season? Is it Daredevil? Daredevil season um, one's pretty fucking good. Although the finale is a little, it, eh. it still has too many episodes. You know, it's yeah, not no, perfect. I mean, Jessica Jones season one is really good. Yeah. Uh, which one uh, had the me boys pumped. season one is yeah. good. I mean, there's so many good things that does. <laughs> I like the Umbrella uh, Academy season one. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I thought it was okay. I didn't. Li- I didn't like it as much as yeah. the boys season. No, I definitely boys, was not an Umbrella. Academy. The boys season one, I was all in. I was like, I couldn't wait for but the next. I, episode. I can't honestly think of another recent superhero show that has given you such a perfect fleshed out season of characters and yeah, action. Yeah, I don't beats. want to be a victim of the moment, but I feel like this is like one of the best things we've seen. Let's just rate it. The Mando was pretty the good. First season of Mando yeah. was pretty good. But this is like. For me, I think that the fact that it it does the source material justice, it it it, it for me it's I feel validated in it more. Like like uh, the boys does the same thing. The boys kind of does its ju- it took a lot more liberties, but this one does uh, it. The kinda, first season of Walking close. Dead was really good. Yeah, and this is as good. Yeah, let's rate it. Rate the fucking show, Anthony. What number would you give this fucking thing? 10 out of 10. Oh, my I fucking loved God, it. <laughs> I can't believe. I, I honestly loved I it. I wasn't even going to go there, but I, yeah. I loved it. I loved it so oh, much. Shit. Here's how much I loved it. I still, I kind of forgot a lot of the stuff that happened yeah, in prior yeah, episodes just because yeah. of the week-to-week format and yeah. the fact that like I'm not familiar with the material, so I don't. It's not like second nature to me to like, oh, they're, they're riffing this comic. And I'm still like, I don't remember everything, but I still think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. Wow. Straight perfect score. Fuck, I was going to go 9.5, but I'm going to give it a 10, too. Maybe it's so close to perfect. I can't find. Well, I have some comments from the listeners. Maybe they can find some faults. I'm having a hard time. I'll, I'll Fuck it. I'll say 10, too. I'm going to say this is damn. This is as near perfect as you can. I'm going to give it a 9. Okay. But, okay. but that's as high as I usually go yeah. anyway. So I, I could it's never like a, see Ruggs giving a 10. So Yeah. Give it a 12 if I could. <laughs> fucking good uh amazing amazing i don't know when season two is gonna come out i can't be soon enough probably a you, year I would, I would imagine animation they could get takes, it out pretty oh, quick right? well sometimes it sometimes it takes time though too but this animation it shouldn't take too long <laughs> well <laughs> i just i don't know. use the computer to tween everything because well, the pixar movies take like five years to make a fucking well, yeah. movie but that's I mean, pixar. Well, clearly a different level well i think that they could get them done uh i would say this amount of stuff, it would take about a year and a half. Yeah, 40 minutes. That's a lot for animation. 40 minutes. I was surprised that it was 40 minutes, 50 minutes long. That's fucking a lot to draw. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. We will have that audio of Rugboy's fart available for as an NFT to purchase. There's only one file. It's <laughs> encrypted. Get your bitcoins, people. Uh, okay, comments from our listeners from our Facebook group, Jockinder Nation, about Invincible. Ethan Cranford, who, first of all, it's amazing because this is Wes Cranford's. Are the Yank from Down Under. It's his son. We have both Cranfords. Oh, really? I think it's his son. What? Right? 
I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Is that, is that true? I guess. If I'm wrong, somebody write in. I'm assuming <laughs> this is Wes's son. Yes. So we have two well, generations. Let's see if he makes any spelling errors. Yeah. No, he's probably it's learned, related. He's learned from his old man. This is, we have okay. both Cranford's, uh, the Cranford clan. <laughs> Ethan said, absolutely love this season, but I found the last episode pretty anticlimactic. After a full season of building up to this moment, it felt less like they had a conclusion and more like they just put all the pieces in place for season two. Overall, I had a great time with the show, though, and I cannot wait to see where the story goes from here. That's kind of like what you said, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, that was just my minor criticism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, I mean, we did get the moment. It definitely was, it definitely was a, a, you thought you might get some closure and it was more, we're setting up for more. But the moment I wanted was Mark confronting Nolan and finding out, and I needed to find out what the fuck, and they gave us that in spectacular fashion. Paul Gunter, absolutely love the show. Can't wait to see season two. Lenny Romero, Lensations. Oh, shit. Invincible is unreal. So much more than I expected, and now I want more. (laughs) Dr. Adam Morris, PhD says, I am blown away by how good it is. The voice acting is perfect in so many ways. Even the minor characters like Wally Goggins as Cecil, Seth Rogen as Alan. The remix of the events from the comics worked for me. A lot of the same stuff, but in a different order. And the twist's still amazing. I think they did a great job of capturing Omni-Man's torment between his duty and his kid. But that beating... Woo! Oh, shit. Rick Martinez just said, father issues. Yeah. And Chaz Hebbard... Their bottom is is very weak. I love this show so much more than I expected to. Can't wait for more. So overall, I don't know. It's hard to find fault in. Yeah, nobody in really said thing. it sucked. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And even the criticism is like totally minor, kind of. For the for uh, what's his name on mostly superheroes? Logan. Logan, yeah. Logan, you gotta be. You guys gotta be watching this. I, I recommended it on your on one of your comp- Facebook posts. If you're talking about superheroes and you're not watching Invincible. Get on it. Logan Janice has got, and the crew, they got to be checking this out. Oh, my God. This Again, no hyperbole and no hyperbole. Best fucking perfect, most superhero perfect show ever. Although, by this point, if you've listened (laughs) to the entire show, we've spoiled everything. So Watch it anyways. Sorry. There's still a great twist. Sorry, well, we put the spoiler in. Oh, no. Lame. Hey, you fucked yourself. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's finish up with some what are we watching. I watched a bunch of shit this week. What do you guys got? Anybody got anything? Oh, I watched... Monster versus Ape. Uh, oh, oh, you wait that the what? the low budget Godzilla versus Kong that that's a real movie. The trailer, it's out. Yeah, but well, I saw it. Oh, you did. You. And is it gloriously low budgety? It's the, probably the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> ah, yes. Like there's literally like what you see in the trailer. That's all that you see. Have you seen movie. about this or heard this trailer, Anthony? There's a, no. a B movie coming out, a generic movie ba- trying to capitalize on the success of Godzilla versus Kong. It's called monster versus ape or ape versus monster. Sorry. And it's a Godzilla versus Kong knockoff. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It's so I bad. I kind of want to see this. That looks so you bad don't, because you don't, <laughs> all it is, is basically like, it looks like they shot it in like a high school oh, God. and the high school is supposed to be the Pentagon <laughs> and they, have, they they get, they get Eric Roberts oh. like to be like some like high up government official, like military There's official like a person in here, an actual. Yeah. Name. And basically they're just talking to Eric Roberts in like some kind of boardroom and throughout the whole movie. And every once in a while, they'll cut to like an exterior shot of them fighting. It'll be the same exterior shot that they use oh, for the Langley. CG looks so bad like, in the trailer. It's amazing. And, and 
they literally have like just those shots. That's it. That's so it. all the monster like, and ape shots are in the trailer. So you're watching a movie that's an hour and a half long for like three minutes of like really bad CG that they don't even actually even fight. I don't. Know this is a real movie that comes out, but when Ooh. does it come out? I don't know. I don't know where it comes out. Yeah, where does it come release out? Release date is uh, it's hold supposed on. to be May 9th oh or God, something. I'm watching this trailer. The, yeah, the 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 CG is why, what, amazing. What, is it, what what are they doing? What is this? I don't understand why you would make know. this. <laughs> what are they I, trying I to do? It. I watch it just so I can talk about it on the show. But yeah, you it's only eight minutes. Don't watch minutes. it. What, don't I don't watch understand it. what like. How do you make money off of doing something like this? <laughs> Where do you can you see this? this? I can't I don't, I don't this understand out. this. I don't know either. I, let me explain this to Anthony because I don't think he seems to know this. But like, what happens is is that Asylum. Sees that a movie's coming yeah, out. And they just yeah, make, they make yeah. so they just movies. make a movie that looks yeah. the same as that movie. So if you you, you want to capitalize off of the fame of the other movie, yeah, I've heard of Asylum, but it's always it's weird. Here's some other titles from Asylum. One is called Atlantic Rim, not Pacific Rim. One's called Transmorpher, the <laughs> Transformers. And they have one called Avengers Grim. Which is about uh, all the grim fairy tales combining. I just like, don't Avengers. understand it. I mean, maybe it's like its own little. It's cult called thing. the Mockbuster. Is the genre well, they, they of did this. Sharknado? That's yeah, they, Sharknado they did people. Sharknado. And like every time there's a, a anaconda movie, I mean, they'll make a, there's clearly a. I just there's clearly a market for this. I just don't understand. What, oh, you it's I, you can get it on VOD. I don't know where you watch this. I think you could get it on VOD. Oh, May thirtieth, it will be on DVD. It's in theaters and VOD apparently. I don't understand why you would waste what? your time on this. What? Well, and Ruggs watched it, so I well, I fast forwarded through the talking okay. pretty much, but it was bad. Like I watched like a good forty minutes of it, and I was like, "Woohoo!" I'm fast forwarding. <laughs> I got it. Just give me the, the thing. And I was like, "Wow!" All right, so that's bad. not a bloppy job. Anthony, you got anything no, you watched not. this week? I did. I watch. I didn't review it because I just got lazy. Maybe I should have. Yeah, it's all right. Whatever. Whatever. I review. I watched uh, the Oscar award winning documentary. My octopus teacher. Oh, I heard a lot about this. What is, what is this about? Is it any good? It won. Does he I fuck the octopus? It. Does he fuck the octopus? It, it is, is kind of like a love story between this dude and an octopus. But yeah, it's about this guy. And I think it's South Africa that just happens to like wants to reconnect with nature and like goes in the ocean and like finds this octopus, just visits this octopus every day for over a year. It's and the same octopus. It. How does he know same it's octopus. the same fucking octopus? I have no idea, but he knows it's the same one and they like develop a bond and it's kind of. Kind of strange, kind of cute. What is kinda... he? What's the name? What does he name it? He doesn't name. Oh, it. Oh, he doesn't. It's name a it. female octopus. Okay, but he doesn't name it. Like he. Oh, like he, he does definitely fuck. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it's it's an interesting. Uh, it's only like an hour and a half, yeah. and he like films like the perils of this octopus living in this, and like the hunt it being hunted, and all this different. I might shit. check it out. It, it won, right? That was the one that won the Oscar. It won. Yeah, I might yeah. check it out. I like the Oscar winning documentary. I, I, I was talking about watching that, but then I instead of watching that. Uh, documentary. I watched something called Superhuman on Amazon. Was that is that Stan Lee's show? No, I, this is about like uh, having a. Uh, they talk a lot about uh, psychic abilities and um, all that type of shit. Oh, okay, okay. Like people who have, they're basically telling you that ESPN. It, all of these things are not. They're not superpowers. Like every human can activate it yeah. if they if they want to. Ten percent of they, our brain. Yeah, so they they go into that and they have all this. They do all of this. That's things. the movie Lucy that you watched, isn't it? No, <laughs> no, it's a documentary. Oh, Lucy wasn't a documentary. I was misled. No, 
Not that I know. Um, uh, okay, check that one out. <laughs> what did you watch? I watched this science fiction movie on Netflix called Stowaway, starring Anna Kendricks from Pitch Perfect. She can sing. Daniel Day Kim is in this, and Tony Collette. And? and it is about a mission to Mars in the future. They got a Mars colony, and it's a three-person manned mission to Mars. And one of the launch engineers somehow gets stuck in the thing when it launches, and he's stuck with them. So it's based on a old, old sci-fi short story. The concept being the problem is what if you have only enough air and oxygen for three people on this journey, and there's a fourth, and either he dies or you all die. Because you don't have enough oxygen to get to where you're going, right? So there, that's the main thing. Now, they do something weird in this movie, visually. And I think this is to save the budget. When they first get to the spaceship, the space station they're going to take to Mars, this thing is designed where they get in the cabin and it's on the end of a thing and it starts spinning, right? In this giant circle, creating a centrifugal force and creating what? Creating fake Gravity, right? Oh, shit. So all the shots in the space station, they don't have to fake them floating around. They're just walking through the set. And even when they go, because inevitably in these movies, like something breaks outside, they got to go outside for a spacewalk, fix the fucking thing. When they go outside, there's gravity is still affecting them. It's really weird to watch. It's a space movie that has gravity like all the time. <laughs> but I guess this was done for the budget because then you don't got to do the fucking floaty shit. So it's not like a super uh, crazy action movie. It's more of like a thinker, like a, a we have to figure out this problem. What are we doing? Hmm. You know, either this guy dies. One of us has got to die. What's going to happen? How are we? We can't go back. It sounds interesting. though. Yeah, yeah. wasn't bad. I would I, I'd give it a watch. Uh, the other thing I watched on uh, Amazon, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Starring Michael oh, uh, B. Jordan. Heard it wasn't good. It's all right. Uh, so the action. Better or worse than Extraction. Oh, fuck. Okay. Because I like Extraction. It's close to Extraction. Extraction is probably a teeny bit better. Uh, Michael <laughs> B. Jordan is fantastic. He's fucking jacked. He cre- plays a guy named John Kelly. So, you know, Tom Clancy has a uh, jo- Jack Ryan character that's an FBI guy that kind of gets caught into this espionage so he's like a suit guy uh John Kelly here is an ex-military guy that uh there's a well, uh, he he suffers a tragedy it's a revenge based on an op they did and then uncovers a conspiracy while he's trying to get revenge and stop these fucking terrorists or whatever Russians uh so the action is it's pretty dope there's a couple of fucking crazy fucking action scenes Maybe it kind of falls apart at the end. They can make a bunch of movies with this John Kelly, Michael B. Jordan as John Kelly, doing shit for the government on the on the slide. That they basically he's the guy that gets stuff done that they can't do, you know. But there's some fucking badass scenes in here, so I give it. Okay, I, I might check it. I give then. it like a seven ish. Okay. On uh, and then the last thing I watched was uh, on Netflix the animated feature The Mitchells versus the Machines. Is that good? From Sony and Columbia Animation. Yeah, this is a lot of fun movie. This is a really fun, heartfelt, super charming uh, story of this family. Uh, there's a robot kind of apocalypse. Robots take over. And this weird, dysfunctional, quirky family are the heroes in this robot apocalypse. The animation style is a lot like uh, Into the Spider-Verse, but it's a little more focused. So it's gorgeous. They have 
a drawn line and it's 3D rendered, but then they also use really flat, fun animations, cartoony on top, but it fits with the story because the girl is like, she loves to make videos for YouTube. So these things pop up. Danny McBride plays the dad. He's really good, really heartfelt. Oh, and the action scene at the end, some of it reminded me of Tron. It's beautiful to look at. The animation is fucking gorgeous. Like, it's really well done. And I think you will like it better rugs than into the spider-verse it's not as fucking flashy and jittery it's a lot more fluid but definitely it's that say it's phil lord and chris miller producing same guys so they use that so it's jerky it's not as jerky as into the spider-verse because they don't use all the crazy like the the dots that make things look 3d and all that it doesn't go that far. It's a, a, You're not blurring everything no, for no apparent no. reason? No, you can see everything, and it's rendered beautifully, and the no, voice acting is no. great. It's really good. I would, a great family <laughs> movie, great action. Uh, I liked it, so I'll give that a recommend. I just remembered another movie that I watched. Okay. I'll say it. I saw this movie. It's on Netflix starring Jessica Chastain. It came out like a while ago, but I just finally watched it. It's called Ava. Oh, I she's a hit. She's a hit woman. Ooh. Like she goes, she's an assassin and she, she's starting to go off the rails and like kind of, she's unstable. She's unstable. And the company that, that she works for is thinking about getting rid of her. But in the meantime, she has this like personal drama with her family that she's trying to work out. So it's kind of like, it's a weird movie, but I actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit. Um, So yeah. It's like an action movie. It's kind of an action movie, but not super an action okay. movie. I mean, there's 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 definitely some action scenes in it. I would say uh, it's got more action in that last Frank Grillo movie that I watched that with, uh, <laughs> with the Falcon. Oh, no, but it's got a little bit more than that. that one, yeah. What is that? What was that first one we all watched? That movie is still fun. I kind of want to watch it again. What's it called? Uh, the uh, when, where you live the same day yes, over again. Yes. Oh, fuck. fuck I, what I, was that called? God, that was great. God mode or something. No, it wasn't God mode. Boss level. Boss, boss level. level. Boss level. Yeah. That's a good movie. That's worth a second watch. That was a fun movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so next week, here's what's coming out. The big thing this week, if you enjoyed The Boys, you enjoyed Invincible, if you like this trend of independent quirky comic books being adapted, we have another big one. Mark Millar's Jupiter's Legacy, Netflix. I'm hoping this is good. May I'm hoping it's good. Is this a movie or a this is TV, show? TV show? I think all the Imagine. episodes are going to drop. I was I saw a trailer on when I was watching a video on YouTube. It looks fucking sick. The costumes look great. That showed me some great moments. So we'll see if we'll review the first episode or the whole season or whatever next week. We'll figure it out. I, I'm very, very curious to see how it's handled because the comic books are not action oriented, really. It's um. about the. It there. I mean, there is. Oh, it's more drama, there, family drama, probably. Right. Yeah, it's a. It's it's a lot about like. I told you about it, right? It's a. It's about the fact that these heroes in the golden age were portrayed to be like these kind of otherworldly, like just altruistic beings, but they were really uh, behind closed doors. Not. Yeah, they're a bunch of assholes. Yeah. So it's and it's about that legacy of leaving like this. Like, you know, make America great again. Like this greatness that that supposedly existed wow. that never really. Another, I mean, again, another thing that's like things we've seen. So uh, watch an episode, watch it all. We'll discuss whatever we watch next week. See how, see if it hooks you. There's a lot of stuff coming out, man. Also, you could check out my appearance on Two Peas on a Podcast with our buddy Gerald Morris. Top five songs with animals in the title. That is on his feed over there, and I will put a link in the show notes. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter 
at really rug boy. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. Post it to all your geeky fan groups, and we'll love you forever. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll be you next time. What the fuck are you all standing around for? I don't know. Somebody touch my spaghetti. That was me. Get the fuck out. I'm leaving. Jock and Nerd.